YouTube land, what's good? It's your boy B Heard, aka Brian, aka Prince, aka Prince Vegeta about the hating. Back on the run back, a series I like to call where I like to interview some of my favorite content creators, some dope people, some people that just do legendary and, and incredible stuff. And uh, this version of the run back is on tour where I'm actually in a place next to another face and uh, doing the damn thing. Um, I think this person is a phenomenal person. I think they obviously a gym person, obviously clearly bigger than me and all that stuff and all the aspects and just someone I just want to add like like minded things and just have a dope conversation with. Uh, Wes, you want to say something to the people? Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate appreciate you taking some time to come out here to 22nd Street Barbell and talk to me. I appreciate you for having me. I appreciate, like, I knew, uh, shout out to Danny, but when he recommended me this gym, I was like, okay, this is dope. I like the vibe. I like is that the aesthetic. Danny Gross? Uh, Danny Nguyen. Oh, Nguyen. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I told my friend Jeremiah about it, and then I, like, everybody, like, I recommended to him and showed him pictures. I was like, oh, yeah, this is a cool gym. This is a sick vibe. Because it's just a certain, like, aesthetic. Like, I feel like, the traditional gym is always nice and it's like, you know, you have all the things, but it's like, it's not really about the work here. You could kind of tell in the energy like, Oh yeah, you, you lift it. Like you're not like coming here to bullshit basically. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we're definitely not a commercial facility. I would say it's a gym where people go to perform, you know, perform, mm -hmm. performance based gym. So not everybody that walks through the door is interested in competing, but everybody's definitely interested in getting stronger. Right. So, Everybody's got a common goal in there. I like that. I like that. And, um, you know, just to be able to compete at your best level, something I always like to do and I like to tap into because I feel like just as men, like, we don't hold each other accountable in that sense of just asking the question, how are you mentally? Like, the life has been weird for the last three years and it's still going to continue to be weird. But, like, how are you doing mentally? And you can indulge whatever you want to or not. Yeah, that's 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 a good question that these days. Um I think that's a question as a man asking another man that needs to happen more often. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen enough. You mm -hmm. know? Um, um, I'm in a great spot. Um, uh, I feel, I feel very fortunate to be where I'm at. Um, I practice a lot of gratitude. Um, and I think that helps me stay grounded. Uh, it helps me stay present. Um, I'm in a position where, I can do stuff with my time like this. So I can do stuff. I get to choose uh, stuff that builds my up my soul, you know, mm, uh, some, like some soul building stuff. Um, and I think that's important. Um, there's been times where I've been so worried about the future, sort of thinking about the past that you, you just kind of lose yourself in that. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so I'm, I've been in a good, pretty good position these last couple of years of just doing stuff that just really is soul building to myself. And that's good. And I think that's important because, like, I've always I was always one of those people that, like, told people, like, at the end of the day, whatever you have to do and whatever you have to, like, accept, you have to lay in that bed. You have to, you have to sit in that seat. You have to accept whatever you try to do to move forward in life. So whether that's, you know, doing stuff for just you, I say do it. And I, I, I'm a firm believer in that. And that's the that's the cool thing about not knowing you. And I mean, I've yeah. met you only once outside of this, like we're in person and had a conversation because I always knew I wanted to get you on the pod. But like, you know, you could have every right to, you know, not be a pompous asshole. But like, you know, you big, got the tattoos. So I, like when I first met you, I thought I was intimidated, but she was like super nice. And, oh, man, welcome to the gym, blah, blah, blah. And it was almost like I think I might have gave off like a worrisome energy because like when Danny was telling me about the gym, first off, and this is like a few years back. I uh, 
I saw it was like a free thing. It was a free trial. So I said, like, oh, I'm going to go try it out. And then I went in there, and I think it was like you and like one other person. And then like, so I was like, is that the, manager? Is that the boss? Is that? And I was just like, Ugh. and I'm like, oh, I, I want to say something because obviously like I was kind of telling you off air that you did a great job, one, building this gym, and then two, building a community. Like it, it does seem like everyone who comes in here, whether they are a powerlifter or not, they they come in here and they're just ready to work and they they cool like like you know not not saying everybody buddy buddy like you know there's sure. definitely some people out there that's kind of looked at me but I was like all right cool because I was carrying all this luggage and stuff like that but everybody's just about their business and like sure. just doing their thing. No. Um, I, I really appreciate that. No. Yeah, thank yeah. you. It's just something I've always like internalized and thought about and like like I said earlier off air that it's humbling to hear stuff like that. You know, I, I you're so in your own zone and doing your thing kind of like blinders down, just doing your day that you hear stuff like that. And you're like, you know, it, it, uh, it makes you feel good. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no problem. Like, you know, just how we was talking earlier about those commercial gyms is like, you don't, I don't feel like you see the people that own the gyms. You know what I mean? Like you might not never meet some of these people that own these higher up gyms and not saying like, it's a bad thing that we get to see you, but it's, it's surreal that like, you in here grinding with some of the people yeah. that put up the same weight and doing all this stuff. So it's like they can build that connection with you. And they feel more like uh, I could go, this gym might be closer, but I want to give Wes my money and go to this gym because sure. we got that friendship and whatever. Yeah, no, I, I think the that small business, um, basically you're talking about, you know, supporting small business and we appreciate that. Um, you know, I don't, for me, it hasn't changed much from when we first started mm-hmm. in the sense of like, I'm still doing the same things. Right. I'm still doing my training. I'm still doing uh, my personal training and I'm still trying to build the brand. You know? mm-hmm. So, um, I just, it just, you just put your head down for long enough and keep hammering for long enough. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden you have people wanting to put you on a podcast. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, but, but in all seriousness, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't seem like we've been doing this for, you know, we're on like our 10th year with the gym. I'm on my like 18th year with powerlifting. So, wow, it's, that's it's amazing. Been a, it's been a bit. So that's amazing. You, you, but you don't really think about that. You know, you, none of this was ever intended. We were just we were just working, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think after you just put a p- pretty good, decent body of work together, you can kind of look around and appreciate it, you know. Never really realize how far you are until you like look back or look around. Yeah, and see where for you're sure. At. And um, I know you kind of touch bases on other podcasts about, like, how you guys got started and things of that nature. Yeah. But one thing I do want to know, and um, just going off of memory, not looking at my notes just yet, but how how would one go about starting a gym today? Like, what are yeah. some of the steps that, like, you would recommend, like, say if I wanted to, like, make my own gym, make my yeah. own, like, 23rd Street or something. Sure. It'd be funny. But, um I think about this. I think there's, you know, there's multiple ways to do this. And, and, and I can talk about how I did it and, and how we did it. And it was never intended. Mm-hmm. Um, we just had, we just had a niche market of, of what we did. And we did, we were interested in powerlifting. And I say we as a, as a group of guys and girls that, that were all competing. Mm-hmm. And we'd been lifting for a decade before we even decided to do something up to make our own room or make our own spot. Mm-hmm. And we eventually uh, just kept getting kicked out of the places we were in. Um, got kicked out of a, a ton of commercial gyms. Um, I worked at a, a couple commercial gyms and I ended up working at gold's gym. I was a fitness director there at the time. And 
there was a little room about the size of this room right here. Um, and uh, I asked the owners if I could put our powerlifting stuff in the back. And we just had a bench and a rack. And we eventually had so many people just signing up for golds to be a part of that Dang. powerlifting room <laughs> that it became like a thing. And the owner's like, what are you guys doing back there? So we eventually moved. We had a meeting. It was in October of 2011. And uh, we, we were basically saying, okay, what do we need to do to take this to the next level as a team? Mm-hmm. You know, do we want to be called gold gym powerlifting? And people were coming from other gyms. They were trainers at other gyms coming to our gym. So oh, we, wow. so somebody recommended um, 22nd Street Barbell. And I remember jumping up and, like, spray painting it on our, like, garage door wall back there. And I think within that week, I got an LLC out on it. and just became um, a thing. And then, then we had decided to move from that little back room to a, a facility. And somebody had had a facility for us downtown. So we moved downtown. And it just existed. It did, we were just paying rent. We weren't trying to revenue off of it. It wasn't trying to make any money. Um, it wasn't basically until um, I felt uh, there was a time where I was like, I need to be all in on this. So, mm-hmm. um, I, th- I think it's helpful to get forced to that position. Sometimes so it's you like have sink to. or swim type right. thing. You know, it's like if when you when you say I'm going to do it part time, it ends up being a part time thing. Like mm-hmm. if you did this, your hustle would be completely different if you did this as to feed your family. You know, yeah. So this would be a whole different monster. Not yeah. that it's not good right now, but you would have to think about it differently. So when I, when I went all in, it was like, okay, now now this is how I'm going to feed myself. So it was different, and we got more aggressive with it, and just kept scaling it out. And you know, we're we're now eleven years into this, so um, we feel very fortunate for where we're at. But it, we never intended this. So so long answer to that is we grew ours organically, right. We had the culture. Mm-hmm. I had a culture for a decade before I even thought about starting a gym, and then we had a gym before you ever started about starting a business. You know, it was like more of a club. Right. So I think that's one way to do it. Um, and then instantly you have a following, you know. You have a group of people that are interested in your logo, interested in what events you're hosting. And, um, Not and to mention word of mouth, too. Yeah, word of mouth is huge, yeah. So uh, I think another way to do it is, is, is to – and we were always wanting to be – um, not in the red on anything. So we didn't mm. want to create any debt. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we uh, we had people bring in equipment. We had people donate stuff. We would all put our money together to buy stuff. Um, that's what it was in the beginning. We didn't have nice things. <laughs> um, we really didn't. And um, it wasn't until way later that we could afford some nicer stuff. But but it didn't matter to us. We just wanted it on spot. So I think that's one way to do it. Um, Another way would be to, to to scale this out, you know, like or, uh, just to uh, create a business plan and, and uh, get a loan and and give, have an idea of what you want to do for a facility. Um, the, the thing about powerlifting when we first started is we were the only barbell club around. I shouldn't say that. There was, there's, there's plenty of other ones that have been in Des Moines that have laid the foundation and laid, laid the, the group for us to come up. Um, right. Um, but she was but, probably the one that but we were, they yeah, for sure. thought of. So, so that that helped. Uh, we had a niche um, that helps. Um, you know, if you want to like, hey, an all around twenty four hour fitness facility. Now you're competing with twenty four hour fitness. You're competing with Planet Fitness. You're, you're competing with a, a whole lot of bunch different of gyms. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, so I think having an idea of what the heck that is, being specific, 
um, knowing who you're going to be competing with. Um, but certainly scaling it out. You could you could get a lease out on equipment. You get a lease on a, on a place, and and maybe that lease would, would give you like a 60-day uh, rent-free so you can build up some business beforehand and create some hype on social media and start signing people up. You know? But that's the thing that that's I... That's a scary mode for me, though, you know? Yeah, I, I wouldn't bet on myself for too no, much free. <laughs> that, that's tough, man. Especially when you owe the bank. Like, the bank is different. Yeah, your ROI on that is, is scary. It's like going to college nowadays. It's like, it's like what? You it's got to work. Is this ROI any good? <laughs> you, know? you know, it's not like it was 10 years ago. So This has got to work. Oh, but that's for the sure. thing. Like, it doesn't, like, you guys, I don't know. How many people are technically, like, 22nd? Yes, because I don't want to misspeak. And yeah, say no, it's sure. Just you. I appreciate that. We have uh, roughly 200 members. There's a waterfall line there. People coming in, people leaving. But well, I'm uh, saying like more so of like the business aspect of it. Yeah, is it just me. just it's you? Me. Okay, yep. All right, I did. Just wanted to check it. Um, when we have other trainers, um, Mike Bider, who runs uh, Pillar Coaching, he's been here since day one. He's believed in this. Uh, he's been a huge part of of uh, making this happen to the level it's happening at, um, and his business has scaled out great. Um, uh, Abby Mork has been there since day one um, and has been big on the business side and the referral side. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, there's there's people, it's, it's by no way, I say it's me that runs this and it's me that has the bottom line, name on the bottom line, but this isn't a me thing, this is a we thing. Yeah, it's definitely a and team it's thing. it's a we, us, ours, that's why it's we, us, ours. You know, I mean, with that's we we use that as our, kind of our, like our, uh, catchphrase all the time but um it's true like we wouldn't have any of this if it wasn't for the collective group well that's what i was just gonna say is like kind of how you were saying earlier about anyone could go get a loan and then start a gym and create it and maybe these sure. like you know let's call it what it is like these nicer areas to where it appease sure. to a lot of people and things of that nature um but it's different coming from you. Like you said, you said you spent 10 years really just trying to get a gym just so people could work out versus yeah, making it a business. We never care to make money. We, it was never a business idea. So when you yeah. actually do, like, come off as a business and say you want to change it, like you said, it's different because it, it doesn't is. come off as, like, oh, you're just trying to get my money or you're trying to yeah. – now you're trying to switch up stuff. It's like, hey, we all committed to this gym. We can make this motherfucker go. Yeah, and like, for sure. actually just try to do it. For sure. Which is – a applaudable because uh, yeah. most people i mean most people think about the money like it's the sad reality of life in a lot of situations is like you know you loved going to the gym so yeah. your love is shown your love is shown here like i can hear the music back out there and yeah. the people are working now now because they love coming here and you know it it's never a ask when you create the business or sell shirts or do this do that and third because it's like oh this is just regular stuff because he cares about it, he's going to show up. He's going to mm. be involved. Like you're part of that community. Yeah, I think when you when you're a small business owner, you have to be the one there doing the things. You know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm the IT guy. I'm the janitor. I'm the, <laughs> yeah, I'm everything. all the things. You know, yeah. so you know, and and the hard part for me is learning to ask for help, uh, and 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 paying professionals to help you. You know, um, it's and, hard because yeah, and and, and, and I've and I've been forced into those positions, and I'm way better for the. You know, people do stuff way better than I do. Yeah. I always say I do a couple of things really good. Outside of that, I'm not very good at stuff. So, um, you asking for help is huge, you know, and and reaching out to other professionals and other small business owners, and you know, and talking to them and how are they doing stuff? You know, hey, how are you cleaning your facility? How are you doing this? How mm-hmm. are you? Yeah. So, there's always uh, 
I would say 20% of it is just stuff that you had never thought you would be doing in your life, you know? Mm. So is that the struggle of owning a gym? Is just how the multiple yeah, hats you have to wear? I'm essentially, you're betting on yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm betting on me and my energy to go create something and to have that create some currency, you know? Yeah. So, um, so I have to have a product after there has to be a desire. There has to be some kind of need and we have to fill that need and, and we have to keep creating that. And, uh, you know, how do you do that for 10 years? How do you do it for 20 and 30 years? You know, how do, how do I do it when I am not here? Yeah. You know, how, how do I back away from this and still do it? So, um, those are all things that I think about now. And it has to be a constant stress too. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a hustle. You know, you, you got to hustle. But that's the only thing you know. Um, but I would rather work 70 for myself than mm, 40 for somebody else, right? That, that's yeah. the saying. Yeah, but, yeah, that's, but, it, but it's true. That, that is true. Yeah. That's true to 100%. Because I'll be sitting there at work thinking, like, like I won't disclose the restaurant that I work at, but I work sure. at a restaurant, and it's just like... Like, y'all don't care about this. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're yeah. still going to eat. Like, yeah. me being here is not doing anything for you. No, like, it's you're not going to eat. It's not soul willing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and, but like, you man. need that. You need that. You know, you need to be in those jobs, and you need to do the things regardless of how you feel about the things. You know, mm-hmm. you can keep showing up and doing the things. Mm-hmm. And eventually get to the point where I'm done doing things for other people. I know I can hustle. I know I can do all the things. I'm gonna bet on myself now. That's what I need to do. I need to figure out. A so it's way certainly to taking do it. some risk, you know. Yeah, I mean, hell, even this is a risk. Like I was always like interested in radio, mm-hmm. but I got denied a lot. And then like my friend, the other like co-host of this, Tyler, he was just like, "What if we did a podcast?" And I was just like, "Fuck it, like, let's try it and just see I what think happens." To speak and to put it out in public is taking a risk. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Would you have said that ten years ago? You know, but now it's like just to speak and to throw it out there, you're you're taking a risk. You know, because uh, it's like, you know, I feel like, even though I am recording this like audio and mm-hmm. visually, you might be under- able to understand what I'm saying, and vice versa, sure. because we're like talking in person, and you get someone's mannerisms, sure. and like you could tell how a person feels, but. In the context of just watching solely this, and if you're not, if you're just watching it as like a fan, but you're not really trying to get the information that's dissolved, like you're going to kind of take it in one ear and out the other. Like it's it's different when it's in person. It's different when you're actually talking to someone and and doing these certain things that you get because I feel like it's an organic conversation. Yeah, I think I think I know, and I have known nothing about make, how to make a podcast, but. One of the first things you said to me today is, "I just I don't want it to be an interview. I just want to talk to you." Right? Yeah, I think that's huge. Yeah, I, th- I think you keep going down that route, and people will like it. Yeah, because I mean, like any, like I technically, even if this works and I'm successful, yeah. like I would never feel like I'm a podcaster because right. like my goal wasn't to like I could easily do interviews of like people that's popping in the city, but it's like if I don't if I'm not a fan of you, like I'm personally a fan of sure. yours and what yeah, I've no, seen, so. I know that this is going to be more impactful for me because I'm talking to someone like, like, even if you said no, hell no, I never want to do the podcast, kick rocks, no shoe. I'm still going to be a fan. I'm going to be hurt. I'm like, damn, he don't want to do the pod. But like, I'm still going to be a fan. Like that's, and that's how I feel. Like that's how I try to carry myself. And just to go into some of these questions that I have, when it comes to powerlifting and training, you know, I played, uh, collegiate athlete like uh football i played mm-hmm. college football 
So, you know, a coach can kind of motivate me to a way where, like, you know, like I might be amped up to be able to run through somebody. Sure. With lifting, at least this is always my uh, impression of it, you know, 225, regardless of if I was in shape and healthy and this third bench and it was always heavy. How can you mentally, just being on a team, help someone get past that proverbial hump in, in lifting? Because the weight never changes. The weight's always going to be heavy. Even if you're strong as you are, yeah, it's not going to be easy. So how can you, like, motivate someone or just get someone over that mental hump to push them to be able to do more? Yeah, you know, this is, I think this is what separates this question right here is what separates powerlifting from a lot of other sports. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, and we were talking about this the other day, comparing powerlifting to strongman, not, and, and, you know, which one is harder. And, and they're both unique in their own senses. But um, I would argue that powerlifting, um, getting under one weight, one time that's so heavy that could crush you, you know, we mm-hmm. just had an individual squat a thousand pounds. Jeez. Um, you know, how much work does it take to squat a thousand pounds? Um, years, you know, years and years of preparation to prepare your body to get underneath a thousand pounds where you feel like that is within reach of your capabilities. Right. Mm-hmm. And the amount of work, it becomes not so risky by the time you get under it. Um, you know, to the, to say that, and when you're a 800 pound squatter, I'm going to squat a thousand pounds. That would be a risky thing, right? <laughs> Hella risky. Right. But you become a 930 pound squatter and then all of a sudden, okay. 70 more pounds. Yeah. You train, you keep training. And, and so, so you take risks that with, were within your capabilities and you, you're pushing your limits of something called a, an, an absolute strength threshold or a limit strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really hard. No other sport pushes that limit that hard. I guess you could go to the other extreme, and it would be like a, an ultra endurance runner. Mm-hmm. You know, like now they're running two hundred forty miles. Which is so, so now now you're pushing both what's capable of the human body. You know, um, and how hard you can build a specific skill to make something, make your body do something. Um, you know, and that's a long winded way to answer that question. Is is you do, there's always a level of where you're going to think is scary. Um, and I think that's a good conversation to start of like of a, a long reach goal to get to. Um, but you scale it, you know, mm-hmm. and you make it less scary with training. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get to the point of where you can train um, pretty close to that scary range and feel pretty comfortable with it. So when we're going to a meet and you're doing a, you know, an attempt that is, is limit level. And, and this happens a lot, you know, this happens with new lifters too, but, but you get into lifters have been doing it for a long time. You're getting to three and four times body weight, you know, type of, of stuff. You know, this is like, there's no mistakes. Like this is, this is tearing every ligament in your lower (laughs) half of your body type of mistake. So you have to really trust your skill. Um, And to build yourself up to do that, it does take a long time. Um, so there Takes is a hell of a mindset. And, too. And, and, and you have to train the mental aspect of this. So I explain to my clients and we do this in the beginning and, and I explain it to like, I'm like on a, like a turn knob of like, like one of these turn knobs of like, mm-hmm. like 12 being the, like a clock, the highest, the loudest. Right. And one, 
coming around, right? The volume coming up. I said, when you come to the gym, you're uh, a four five. You know, you get mm. in here, you, the music's going, you, you think about your workout, you're starting to get a five six. Um, now, during your building up and, you're, and you, you kind of crank up that excitability and you're eight, nine, ten, and, and I want you to do one top set today and I want you to crank that up to a 10, 11, and then I immediately want you to crank it back down to a six. Because mm. you can't live in that 10, 11 world. Right. But you have to have some kind of physical trigger to get you to, in that state of focus. And it's like a state of hyper-focus. And you're not, you're blocking everything out. You're not worried about what you're having for dinner or, or what your taxes you owe or, <laughs> or anything. You know, you, you're, yeah. you're hyper focusing on how that bar feels in your back, where your feet are at, where your hands are at, how you're setting your ear into your belt. Like this is, this is this level and you can train that trigger. So you can, let's say you move 500 pounds on a squat and uh, your, excitab- your excitability volume was at a six. And that felt like, like, man, that was pretty heavy. And, and then all of a sudden, you, I say, oh, well, we need to flip that excitability up. And, and now you're emotionally invested into it like a, a 10 or 11, right? All of a sudden, that 500-pound squat, you felt like you do two or three. Right? Yeah. So, so you have to be able to train the excitability level. That is right? true. And you have to train it when you don't feel like it. I want, you to get, I want people to get so good at that. That you could wake them up in the middle of the night and they could flip that trigger. And I like the people have a, like a physical trigger. Maybe it's how you put your belt on. Maybe it's how you put your wrist wraps on. Maybe it's a, have somebody yell out loud. They, would, they were a pretty quiet person. They would yell out loud. And that, uncomfort, that uncomfortableness of yelling out loud would make them like jump rush. up. Yeah. 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 So, so I think you can train that excitability to learn how to crank it up when you need it. Use it. It's like a turbo. And then turn it back down. You can't live there because it's going to wear you out. Yeah. So, so it almost be like a car, like that highest it's, gear. It's not like a football game, but I got to pick and choose my excitability levels where I right. crank that sucker up. You know, we get, we get nine attempts in a meet with three of them being maximal mm. or above maximal. Um, so those are the ones where you, you were breaking that handle, that volume knob off mentally. And that, that's actually a great way to look at it because if you could train, especially I didn't even know you get nine attempts, but if you could train to the point where it's like those first two, you kind of filling it out, see where you're at, and then you just flip that switch, that last one could almost be easy for you. Yeah, you know, that's 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 the goal, but there's so much can go wrong. You know? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I mean, that's why you train so hard and so long is, is you really, the results are just out of your control. You know, you just... You don't. You can't control any of the results. All you can control is your effort and your focus. Mm-hmm. Um, and the and whatever happens happens at that point. And that's so yeah. weird that you like put that into perspective because like, I, I guess to the analogy to the T, but the only time I've really been feeling it lately because it's like I've been out of sports for damn near almost ten years. Like I think I only played JUCO for two which would have been 13, maybe, well, 14, season 14, so 2014. But, like, when I jump rope now, I jump rope to, like, almost like, almost like you know, you've seen the Rockies and stuff like that, all sure. the, like, animated music that gets you hyped and stuff like that. So after a while, if I catch a rhythm and I just get in that zone, and I just kind of, like, it's almost like blacking out but being aware, sure. if, if that makes any I'll sense. I always say that, you know, you know, the term would be being in a zone. The zone, right? yeah, 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 yeah. And then it's weird how, like, it, like, before... I kind of get winded and tired, and I'm trying to go fast. I'm trying to catch a rhythm, and then I catch that rhythm. 
and now I'm not tired. Now See, I'm not breathing hard. You know, this is like I think about stuff like this a lot. Um, I think a majority of people aren't setting a goal to push their limits. Mm. It's does that make sense? Would you agree with that? I think it's like I agree with that. I think it's like kind of like this is bad. Another bad analogy. I swear I'm not an alcoholic, but like. <laughs> You know how, like, you don't drink in a sense of, like, you drove, so, you know, you're going to be tamed. Mm-hmm. If you had that, like, mental fortitude of, like, someone's going to catch you. Someone's like, like, I'm just here to take care of you. You do as much as you want. You see a person kind of mm-hmm. wild out. And I think that's why people don't train out. Because it's like, no one's about to, like, everybody is cool in this gym and nice, but no one's about right. to carry me out if I squat so much that I can't barely walk. Or nobody's well, about to take me home. I, th- I think, yeah. I mean, I... The idea of of failing, that too, is is in the idea of of getting in trouble or failing or or just or something bad happening. You know, um, um, I think I, I have a hard time with goal setting. I have a really hard time with this. Um, um, I have maybe some different perspectives on this, but um, I, I guess that uh, when you when you think about goals, is is not having this like. Okay, like well, I'm coming in day one, and I want to squat a thousand pounds, and someday, and 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 you, you say, okay, well, my initial goal is to squat three hundred pounds, and, mm-hmm. and you just scale that out, right? Uh, I, you know, I guess when you're when you're doing, especially when you're thinking of powerlifting, um, and and this can apply to so many things, uh, is we're training a skill set, mm-hmm. um, and what you need to have is this ultimate belief. In yourself, and and your abilities to develop a skill, to put in the work to develop the skill. Mm-hmm. All right, now now what does that look like? You know, so all you can control is your belief about yourself. Right. If I put all my focus and all my energy into this podcast, right, mm-hmm. is it going to be better than it is right now? It's pretty damn good. You get yeah, hyped. <laughs> absolutely. You know. You know it. You know. Right. Absolutely. And not that it's not good. You know. But you, you know if you dedicated every ounce of yourself to so this commitment level, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't care what the heck the goal is, but you're trying to make it the best damn thing that you can make it. If I would have said 10 years ago, hey, I want to have a 7,000 square foot facility and have all this, I would have undershot it. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have said, okay, well, I would have been good with like a 3,000 square foot facility and have it. I would have never been here. But I said, I just want to make it the best possible version of whatever the heck it can be. Right. And I remember being committed to that vision. And once I have, once you have that as kind of your, um, I don't, I don't even know what to say about it. Once as, as your overall, um, is your belief. I should say it's as once you have, this as your belief is whatever I commit, whatever I pour all my energy into, it's going to get better. Um, and then you take a different level of action. You know, if I had a half hearted belief, if I say, okay, well, um, well, I'd like to squat a thousand, but I only really think I can squat seven hundred. So seven hundred is now my belief, you know. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, my I'm taking a half-hearted action versus squatting a thousand. Because you have to do more I, to get. I, to yeah, I got I got to do all the little things right to mm-hmm. squat a thousand. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I got to do all the little right things right in the business. I got to send all the emails. I got to do hire all the right professionals. You got to you got to hyper analyze different situations. You you have to because you care about it at a level that that you've committed to and i think when you commit to a high level you take 
actions that stem off that level. Mm-hmm. And those actions are all you focus on every day. And pretty soon it creates a thing. I think uh, the rapper Russ, he, I don't know where he got the quote from, from but he said it and it just kind of stuck with me. And it's been, what if it could turn out better than you can imagine? Without a doubt. That's, that's why I have a hard time with goal setting. It's like, what if you're undershooting yourself? That is true. And I feel like it's like just commit to being the best at whatever it is. Commit to being mastery of it. And, and mastery of it means you've failed more times than anybody's even tried. Um, and, and I think mastery is, is like the term you don't get to the level of flow unless you have mastery. Mm-hmm. Um, you just do the thing enough that you'll experience every stupid thing that could possibly happen. You know, you talking to this microphone to enough people, bro, you'll experience every stupid thing that could possibly happen on a microphone, right? Yeah. Yeah. The experience all and, the good and, and at that. the end of the day, you're going to have a great product because of it. But your only focus was ever just talking to people about stuff you like into a microphone. And just seeing like where the conversation takes it. Yeah, like, for sure. Just kind of what you said of undershooting yourself. Like it took me years. Like, like I said, I've been out. I haven't played in a while. I, played, I haven't played since 2014. It took me years to realize that like I always thought that like my legs are my weakest part of my body. But I thought my legs were my weakest part of my body because I just wasn't really strong. But I didn't really break it down because I was like, so, well, I, I could ride a bike pretty good. I could, you know, squat pretty good. But then I started working on my hips. I'm like, oh, my hips is my weakest part of my body. So it's like I didn't really break it down and start thinking about that stuff until I really was like, well, what do I want to do for this goal or that goal? And then I started, like, breaking down my legs because I'm like, I would always get stiff. And I'm like, that was wrong. And then I'm like, oh, my hips. <laughs> I never yeah. thought of my hips. And it's just something, like. It's surreal when you actually think about it. I think you create a belief in your head, you know, and these and these beliefs can be self-limiting. Um, but you create these beliefs about what you can and can't do before you even try them. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, oh, like, like I, I, I do one to myself all, all the time. I'm like, I'm a terrible swimmer. And like, and I tell myself this. I'm like, oh, I, I hate swimming. I'm like, I'm like, when have I ever tried to swim? Have I ever like literally like put my focus and energy in being a good swimmer? No, I haven't. And then I just deem myself a bad swimmer. Well, I know why I'm a bad swimmer because I haven't tried. So I, I think yeah, you, you label yourself with a certain thing that you are and it becomes a part of your vocabulary. And then you take actions that stem off that. Mm. So now I take actions that stem off being a bad swimmer. All right. Now, if I believe in my abilities to be a good swimmer and I believe that my practice will make me a good swimmer, I take a whole nother level of action. Right. So so you t- you have to start with a foundation of belief, belief in yourself and belief that you can scale this out enough to make this something that you could never have thought it would have been, you know, or I do you one better. Another thing I've been realizing, too, because it's like I never liked the word, but some people would call me lazy. But it's like, you know, I just work seven eight hours and I'm doing a pocket like I'm doing different stuff. It's just I'm not doing the traditional stuff of like knocking everything out on my list of stuff to do. It's just like whatever my mind carries myself. But this book that I was reading, um, how you kind of said you spend on the, the bad swimmer take. You're also you would also be a bad swimmer because you don't believe in yourself, not, not believe, but like you don't think of yourself as a swimmer. It's like I want to read more. But I never would consider myself like I got homegirls. Like I got a homegirl named Anna. She 
book warm, like reads all the time. Right. I would consider her a reader, reader, but I wouldn't consider myself a reader. Right. Or like I wanted to like learn so how to then draw. You ta- so she sits down and reads the whole book, and you sit down and read like five pages, right? Yeah, but I would never say yeah. we're the same yeah. thing. But I, in order to become that, I have to actually be that. I have to be a yeah. podcast. I still don't feel like I made it as far as a podcast because I want this motherfucker to go, especially like this. I think it's a good episode. I would love it to get all around world and like people check it out. But I had never looked at myself because I'm trying to chase that. So if until I switch my mindset of like I'm a podcaster. And so when did you when did you make that decision that you weren't that thing? Mm. You know when did you make that decision? And when and why do you decide that I was okay to make that decision? And what evidence do you have that points to you not being a good podcaster? I think it's more so from the standpoint of I I've always looked at it. And, and why should you be if you've never done it? That's true. It's like true. you don't go into this. This is a hard thing to do, man. It's yeah. really hard. You're taking a risk. To do that, you have to be a strong person. That's true. All right? That's true. You can't be lazy. That's true. Right? So you can, you have these, you, if you have a belief that you're lazy, I have this happen a lot of time with clients. I almost it, feel like it, you're interviewing me. No, 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 no. no I'm <laughs> sorry. No, you're good. You know, but, but this is something I'm passionate about. Right, right, right. We talk about this a lot at the gym. And, and I talk about this with my clients a lot. But we'll, we'll have people that they have a belief of what they think about themselves. And it's conflicting to their actions. Mm. Because their actions say so, so, something completely different. So it's two people fighting with mm-hmm. one body. And the belief might be something like, well, I'm not very strong with it. I'm not very good at this. I'm not, I'm not. It's always this self-limiting belief. Right. But, bro, to walk through this door is a hard thing to do. Yeah. This, this isn't like a, like a 24-hour, you know, like, like this doesn't come off as like a family, even though we are, we're a family-oriented gym, but this is not coming across like, this is a hard thing for people to walk in here. And it takes a strong-minded person to walk in here. That's true. And it takes a strong-minded person to hire somebody or to sit down and talk to somebody. So you have one part of you that's fighting, that's saying, I can do this. And another, right. and your belief is saying, oh, you can't do it. You're, it's fighting each other. That's and true. And they have to get on the same page. So the vocabulary to yourself has to be so good. And your word to yourself has to be so impe- impactful. And, and it has to be so pure to yourself that it has to be, loving to yourself in the sense of it has to be self-building and soul building that's true uh, and and if it's not you'll always find a way to make that word correct you'll take a half-ass action you'll be like i came in here i did three workouts oh, i tried mm-hmm. you didn't try like that's not <laughs> trying you know like like and you say like i see i told you i was weak yeah it's like so you ended up you it starts with this belief and this belief in yourself and, and the belief in whatever the heck you're doing you can scale it out and do the damn thing. Like you did more work trying to prove you were right about yourself rather than. Yeah. Fix. Than actually, than actually like, so, so I think that conversation starts in the mirror and it starts right now today. This second, this is a beauty, beautiful thing about this is you can start to listen to the person talking in your head and you say, okay, well this person talking is narrating and it's telling me these things. Is that me? Is that who I am, or mm-hmm. am I just the observer mm-hmm. to this? Am I am I just the person listening to this? And I think once you remove yourself, is you're the person listening to this person talk, and then you're saying, "When did you decide that you were bad at podcasts, bro? You haven't done any podcasts to know whether you're bad or good at podcasts." That's true. Yeah. So it's, so it's like, when did you, and and why should you be good at this? 
to just starting off with, right? You got to be bad at this to start with, right? Yeah, you got to start right? somewhere. Yeah, you got to start somewhere, right? But it's taking that risk. And so it's like, I think you have to remove that part. It, basically, what I'm trying to say is I want you to go to the garden, and I don't want you to say, I don't see any weeds, I don't see any weeds. I want you to go to the garden. I want you to say, I see this fucking row of weeds here, and I want to dig them out. And mm. I want to know why they're, they keep coming back, right? So it's like, I want you to go pull out all the negative shit out of your head and if you keep working that and you keep focusing on your skill long enough you really change your vocabulary you change your mind you change your actions that's true because your actions are stemmed off your subconscious right so so you're making decisions with a self-limiting governor all the time so you don't really make the the big decision Mm -hmm. you make a like a a safe decision that's true. Mm, that's you see what I'm true. saying? Yeah, that's very and, true. And it's 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 this all the time, um, and it's nauseating. You do that for 20, 30 years, you're a miserable person. That's true. Um, and I, and I think you you need to be. Um, the, I I think you need to be the most loving to yourself that you can possibly be, and to do that is is to believe in yourself and to show yourself some extreme personal discipline. Mm. And I mean, it's kind of like kind of having like three conversations one. So I got like three different points, but kind of how like you said, maybe that is why people struggle. And I mean, I'm also looking at myself, too. That's maybe that's why people struggle to tap into that, to being in the zone, because that motherfucker's been trying to get out for years. And it's like when you just like almost let go, he, he gets out. That's it, man. That's and it. then you, you, you got to take all these shackles off, all the stuff off. And and hey, and I, w- I want you to know this, and I want people that listen to this to know this. I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking. I know. To I know. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not. talking to myself, man. Mm. So this is me talking to me, right? Mm-hmm. And I and and I think once you realize that we're all just talking into a mirror, um, you feel pretty comfortable talking about this things. You know? But that's the thing. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. are not. Like, this is true. I've it's, told some homies hard. just like, yo, go in the, go in the mirror and yeah. tell yourself that you love yourself. Yeah. You, I've never seen more people struggle. I mean, I struggle it's, with it tough. too. Yeah, I can do it, but it, it's, it's, it's hard. But I think it's easier to listen to when I'm not pointing the finger at somebody. That finger is pointing right at me. Mm-hmm. I'm, this is stuff I'm telling myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I, you will, it's not about being perfect with this. It's about the effort to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like it's like taking a shower, brushing your teeth. We're doing this every single day. This is my conversation with myself. I'm Like I said, I'm not going to the garden and saying I don't see any weeds. Like There's going to be negative thoughts that pop in my head. Now, it's it's E plus R equals O. The event and my, re, my reaction to that event equals the outcome. Mm-hmm. So I get to choose the reaction. I get to choose how I react to something. There's a lot something. of power in that too. ton of power. That gives power. you the control again. You know, my, my head can be saying something in my head about like, oh, I don't think that's how I kind of know I'm on the right path is when my limiting beliefs come out of what I can and can't do. Mm-hmm. Then I know I'm pushing a limit. And then I start crazy. to scale it out in my head. I'm like, why the hell do you think that? And I'm like literally having this argument in my head about <laughs> this. Right. So so I, I think it, it's it's constantly. And, and we talked about like limits of like lifting. There's those mental limits, you know, and that, that's was your original question. Um. So they're, they're always going to be there. Um, and there's going to be stuff that's, we're designed to 
protect ourselves and be safe and, and create a homeostasis, but we can expand this bubble and bubble this homeostasis bubble to be this huge thing. And we can be these, these monsters that create and they can do a lot of stuff. It can damn near be like a Scooby-Doo thing. Like we yeah, take off the mask. For sure. And then another thing too is like kind of how you touched on it. Um, oh, I just had it on the tip of my head. Damn it. It was, what was I going to say? Oh, you were just spitting gems. What were you just saying? Just just basically how, how you can scale this thing thing out. Um, and I, th- I think a lot of times you think about people and when, when they talk and, and we think about, you know, I've, I've certainly been guilty of this is you think, well, you just need to think positive thoughts. That's not what I'm saying at all. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm not in this camp of like everything's positive all the time. Like, I want you to think all the thoughts. I want you to have all the feelings. I want you to have the anger. I want you to have the, the stress. I want you to experience all of it. I want, and, and I want to learn how to, to manage it. I want to learn how to react to it. But I don't want to be it. I want to let go of it. Um, and, and that's constantly. That's every day you have to focus on stuff like this. Um, and I think if you do that long enough, you have something. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, and you're no longer living in this world of, I'm just trying to be okay. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, a, lot a lot of people, people live in the world of just, I'm trying to be okay. I'm choosing a relationship where I'm just, it's okay. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have to stress about it. Like, I don't, you know, and, and I'm, I'm picking a job where it's just, it's just enough, you know. Um, like, that's what I'm saying is how many people really are interested in pushing their limits because pushing your limits is a scary thing and it's going to expose what you really think about yourself. Um, and you have to have conversations with yourself of what you're capable of. Yeah. And, and there has to be a desire, this big desire to do that. And, and, and that's what, and then, then you scale it out and then you take action from that step. You take action from that step. It's different. You take a bigger step. You take, you take, you do, you buy all the stuff. You, you do all the things, you know, like you're all in. Now th- that doesn't mean you're without risk. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, I think to do something at the highest level, it's so, Tim S. Grover has a book called Relentless that talks about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically like to do something at the highest level would be like, uh, it doesn't care how you feel, right? At all. So we have a, we have a sign out there that says "fuck your feelings," like because they're really irrelevant uh, when it comes to, to performance, you know, and to doing something. Uh, uh, but I th- it's it's like th- it's like the person that like it's like coming home and finding your wife cheating on you with somebody, and that's your goal. It's that person's like cheating on you. That's so the goal is cheating on you. This the goal is like fucking your wife, right? Mm-hmm. And and then 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 that person makes you take them out to the dinner, and they say fuck you at the end. It does not care how you feel. So at no time do you say I've earned this. You've earned nothing. You've earned the right to feel the pressure from it. Now I think that's that's you know like when people are talking about Zach's putting so much work to squat a thousand pounds, and I use this as like a scalable example. Mm-hmm. Zach earned the right. Zach put in enough work to earn the pressure to squat a thousand pounds. Mm-hmm. He wasn't guaranteed anything. He had a gamble to squat a thousand pounds. That was he earned the right to make that gamble because he put in the work. Because he put in the work, but but it's not, you're not guaranteed too. any success. Yeah. He wasn't guaranteed yeah. any of it. He could have put in all the work and nothing could have came out. Still not squatted. Yeah, 
That's the so, crazy part. And but that's the beauty of it is how many people do that? How many people put in the work, put in all the work, really squeeze the orange as hard as they could, and get all the drops out of it, and then don't get the results, right? Probably so, a lot of people just off the strength of like I think people they are scared to squeeze it, you know, or scared of that happening. Well, because it's like it's like squeezing a, a orange juice and getting lemon out of it. Like, yeah, it's not what you expected, right? Yeah, and that's yeah. a lot of situations. And like, I, I was nervous to do this interview. Not necessarily nervous because like I was nervous to talk to you. It's more so of just the unknown of like what, how does this interview go? Obviously, it's been a great interview and things of that nature, but. That that's like nerves, but it's like more of the shyness. It's not nerves. Like when I went all the way out to Chicago to enter a gaming tournament, yeah. that was nerve wracking because I'm like, oh shit, all these lights and all these things, and now I'm in a different element and I'm completely vulnerable because it's not the comfort of my home when yeah. I'm playing a video game. And like kind of how you said, I it's hard to channel that. Are you glad you did that? Yeah, it's it's hard to channel that every single day though. That, and I think that's what people struggle with. It's like they could go do some nerve-wracking things. And like, oh, my God, it's crazy. Because you see that rush that people get after they do it. But then it's like you go back to the comfort. You yeah, go back to so, normal. Yeah, I, yeah I, you, you hit the nail on the head again, I, I believe. you know, you, That's like turning that excitementability level up. Mm-hmm. And then you got to crank it down. Because you, you can't live there. Mm-hmm. right? But you prepare for the next scary thing that you're going to do. So as soon as you come home, you allow yourself some time to relax and decompose and, and, th- and think about that and relax that's not a hard thing though that you can't and, and train you in that build that back up yep. how does how would one train in that though because that's that's where people i think will thrive more if they get like if i could put myself in more nerve-wracking situations because it's like can i do the combo that i learned in this video game yes i could do the combo i could do it at home i could do it at different places but when nerves and that pressure of a different environment and i'm completely vulnerable you can't train for that like yeah. that that's where I feel like people need to realize and get uncomfortable as much as they can. Yeah, I th- that's exactly. I think you got to enter more tournaments and you just got to fail more. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you just got to go there and do the damn thing and and hope that it goes well and and I would say I hope it doesn't go well. Mm. Uh, Cuz I want you to learn I would rather you go there and not like taste success right away, you know. Um and I th- and, Ooh, and say all right, now what do I have to do? Now now that I know what that feels like, because you're scared of the unknown. Yeah. You're scared of like. It's very scary. It, the unknown is scary. But but uh, when you can scale stuff out and you can put within reach, you know, it's not like you're trying something that you don't think you can do, that you haven't already done. Mm-hmm. Right? You mm-hmm. just got to do it when you, the right time. Yeah. And so, be able to do it at different so, places. Yeah, absolutely. So so you're within grasp of it, you know, and it's going to happen. You You keep doing that enough. It's going to happen. Like, like there's a, there's like different mountain climbs that we've done. And, and I say that we as Holy a group shit. of people, and uh, we've kind of like gone to the, all these different places and done some different stuff. And, and at the beginning, I was kind of scared to do some of the, the, the higher altitude stuff. And I was kind of scared to get closer to the ledge. And as you get out there and you get more exposed to it, um, it's not becoming scary. It, it becomes less scary. You start to trust your abilities to do it, you know? So you have to exposure therapy. You got to get exposed to it. And I think actually, I remember one of the points that I had is like, when it comes to goals, I feel like if you're making progress, it's easier to accept the goals. I feel like a lot of people, especially in my situation is I don't see the progress. Like I could be moving 
almost like on a, like an escalator. Like you can tell it's going up, but it doesn't feel like you're really making progress or you're making strides. And I think that's like my internal struggle with my goals yeah. because it's like, like, like I said with the podcast, like I wanted to do well. I, I feel like this is a great episode, but if it only gets the average numbers that it's been getting, it's going to feel like, Oh, I didn't make progress. But I was like, damn, this is a great interview. So that's like the duality that I struggle with of like, mm. I, I, don't mind the struggle. I don't mind getting my ass kicked. I get my ass kicked sure. a lot in the video game. Sure. I just want to see that I'm improving. Sure. And that's that that's my biggest like Achilles heel is like sometimes I don't I might be improving. A lot of people say I'm improving, but I don't feel like it. Cause it's just like kinda how you said, like the goals that you set. But then my goals, I don't even feel like they're insane. But that might be why I don't feel like I'm making progress either. Cause it's like my goal is like almost like Kind of like where the monitors or the TVs are. Like, you see it. It's right there, but you're right. not there. And you right. kind of you taking baby steps. And I'm like, well, damn, I just want to get over there. That's all I want to get. And I feel like that's a lot of people with their goals. It's like they just feel yeah. stuck. That's really, yeah, that's really um, profound what you said. Um, uh, the, this idea that we want to have, we just want to see the incremental progress. You mm-hmm. know? And I think a lot of times when when you think about building a skill set and this is certainly a, a specific skill set and this is a unique skill set. Um, and this is just like powerlifting is a, a unique skill set. Um, but when we're doing this, we want to see progress. Well, wh- how are we measuring it? What are we measuring? Mm. You're measuring it off likes and, and, and ex- exposure. And, and there's probably a million little ways you can measure this that you're getting better right. at. Right. But, but we're looking at that end goal of like, I want people, more people to listen to this thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I, I think when you do this l- long enough and you realize that these aren't, it, it's not just incremental. You don't go from like 30 viewers to 35 to right. 38 to, to, you know, like to, to 50 to mm-hmm. 500 to like, you know, all of a sudden you go from, you go from 50 views to, to 10 to, you know, in strength training, it, it's not this like. Hey, I'm squatting 200 pounds. I'm squatting 300 pounds. It doesn't just keep going up and up and up. There's there's a law of diminishing returns to this, and it's that grind area. I say four to five years at any skill, you're a complete beginner. Mm. You're a complete beginner. That's fair. Just That's valid. Throw out all this. You're on this trajectory of I'm just learning the skill, and I have very little uh, talent at it. I'm putting I'm putting in very little time. So, like, if I got you out to the gym and you've never lifted before, for the first five years, you're just going to keep getting better. So, if you compared this episode to the very first time you bought this damn thing, mm-hmm. right, and talked into it, it's way better. Yeah, that is it's true. It's a way better product. That is true. Right? It's, yeah. So, you, like, you put in a little bit of time and you're getting massively better. So, this arc goes like this. And then as the time goes on, this arc starts to do this. So, the real grind comes on year after five when you're in the intermediate skill level. And so, like, how then now you might have to take 10 episodes before you see one. Like, right now, every couple episodes are getting better and better and better. Right. Now it might take 10 episodes before you get better one time. That's true. That is valid. Right? So, it's like you're learning. You keep stacking these together, and, the, and they are getting better. Now, that, that you can't control how many people see this. All right? You really can't. That's true. Right? You can do all the things, but at the end of the day, it's, it's out there, and you, that's all you can do is put it out there. Now you can hype it and you can do all the things and you can create all the channels, but that's how you can control. You can't make that number go up. There's nothing you can do to make that number go up, right? That's true. But Shit, you can do all the things. <laughs> yeah. right? You can exhaust all the options, and that's all under your control. 
So if you keep focusing on that, you keep focusing on how do I keep squeezing this orange? Like, did I really squeeze it? Am I squeezing it harder? Can mm-hmm. I can I get one more drop out of this sucker? But I'm telling you, the real you're getting better. Like when you look back three years ago at this, you know, when you I promise you, you're getting better. You're just looking at the end, like the total outcome. Like I want you to look at the skill of it, and you know, if this skill gets to a certain level, you're gonna really have something. Mm. Right. That's so, true. So look at it as building a skill. And the first five years, you're a beginner. And then you get into that intermediate phase. And then it takes, you know, it might take a year for you to get this much better. And then you get past to the mastery phase of where you're pushing the limit of what this thing could possibly be. Mm. All right. And then you're just, you have so much skill. And then it takes... For you to get excited about something, it takes something bigger for you to get excited about. You're almost in a state of flow. You can only create that state of slow flow when, you're, when your excitement, when your skill is really high, when your skill cup is full, and the, the um, challenge cup is full. Hmm. Then you create a state of flow, like, like Jordan's flu game. Right. Right? Like, like all the top players, when they play in the regular season in the NBA, can't even do that healthy. Yeah, they don't do much. But when it comes game seven, Giannis scored 50 points, you know, and like, like that's a flow state. Right. Right. That's where the skill cup is full and the challenge cup is full. Mm. And you get in this state of where you just do it. You don't, you're not thinking, you're not hyper analyzing, you're boom. All, all the stuff's coming out. All his years of work are coming out and they're pouring out. Right. I like, you got to earn that. You got to do enough. You got to keep grinding enough to earn that spot. Right. Yeah. But it, but it, but most people quit in those after that five years when that curve starts to turn around, and you say, "Well, man, I've been dedicating five years to this, and I got nothing." You know, I've only gotten. But you got to look at the quality of the podcast that I was from from day one to now. You know how much better have I gotten every time? Every I'm getting better every time I talk to somebody. Right, I'm taking more risks. I'm doing more things. I'm doing. Dude, you do that long enough, you're going to really have something. I think that's actually a really great analogy. I never actually looked at it like that because, you know, when I, when you almost look up at any tutorial or something like that, or just trying to learn more about a craft or a skill or whatever you're trying to do, it's like the upper echelon is like doing like, say, video editing. I love video editing. It's like Marvel movies and things of that nature. Or it's the bare basics. You don't see the, well, here's the intermediate level editing or advanced level editing. What were those people doing Mm. when they're their first first five years? Those are the questions you got to ask. That's true. You know, what was LeBron James doing the first five years he touched the basketball? Probably the simple shit. Yeah. I mean, and and stuff that we, he probably wasn't, I mean, Jordan got cut from his his high school team. Yeah. I mean, like, we got to keep remembering that what year are you on this and how much effort have you really applied through those years, you know? Mm. Um, but it's just a matter of time. I, when you talk about podcasting, you got excited, right? Like yeah. you, you're, you're like, you like the animation in your face change, <laughs> right? Like, so it's like, this is something that you are soul building for you. Mm. That's what I'm saying is you got to keep pouring yourself into this. You got to work the two jobs and do this I, right I think uh but if if you work the two jobs and then this falls off to the side bro you're gonna be miserable that's true that is true. Right? i almost so pretty guilty. soon now you're at the one job and now you're podcasting pretty soon you're like 
Now I'm in a spot where I can take a risk. Now I'm just going to be all in on podcasting mm. and fuck that other job. Yeah. I can't wait to tell him to go fuck off. Right? Yeah, I can't. Right. But earn that right. Do mm. all the things right now. That means you're getting four hours of sleep, whatever, whatever you got to do. But don't quit this. I mean, like keep building that skill. Keep believing that you're going to keep hammering home and getting this. That's what, that's what I'm talking about when I talk to my clients. No matter what the heck they're trying to do is this belief that you keep applying this long enough and you do this long enough. And you talked about like, well, I want to see the results. So like the results are already the bottom line. Mm. You're wanting the like, I want to be a Marvel comic editor. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you want that result, right? Yeah, like, yeah. But that result comes like way down the road. Right. And you might just have a shot at that. You know, like who cares? That, that result's irrelevant. And, and I think uh, Kobe said it best. There was an interview uh, that he did and they asked him, they said, um, are you, uh, it was his last year he was playing and the Lakers were pretty terrible. If you remember, mm-hmm. um, they asked, uh, are you upset that the Lakers organization isn't in a place to win a championship? And he snapped at the, the uh, reporter and he goes, what do you mean? He goes, every single person in this Lakers organization from the janitor to the front office, to every player, to the, to the ball boys are committed to winning a championship. Mm. I'm, I'm addicted to that. I like that. The results will take care of themselves. Mm. I can't control that. Right. I can't control what happens. But I can control my mindset. I control our focus level. So so you just keep hammering home with that. You're not so worried about like, okay, well, where am I? That's why I said like, you just keep here and you keep believing that I can just be here. You're not thinking like, man, I need to see improvement here. You know? Yeah, that's true. It's, it's like you just need to keep hammering. Cause and I think- you'll figure out better ways to do it. Mm, without yeah. ever whatever it's definitely be, been trial yeah there, you will man sure. yeah and that's the best and then and then your desire will make you talk to better people and, and not i mean better better people that are good at this mm. you know you'll ask better questions to better people and and you'll seek out better information and you'll buy better books and you'll buy better equipment or i mean i'm you'll do all the things that you need to do to be great at this that is true i, I think because I think people, I, I don't want to, maybe prisoner of the moment, like, there's not a place, like, I can't go to, like, podcasting school in the yeah. sense of, like, like, oh, this is a great episode with Wes, and I'm learning a lot, and I'm doing all these things, different things, but I'm going to go keep it a tuck. Nah, like, you got to put it out there. Like, it's right. one of those things to expose yourself as you're growing and learning, and to, like, that's also hard, too, because it's like, some people might not take that gym selfie until they feel like they got a body they deserve, but it's it's different when you're actually working every single day and you're constantly taking those progress pictures and then you actually see all that stuff too. Because yeah. like you said, like it's going to take multiple interviews. It's going to take trial and there. It's going to take different equipment, but I'm not going to be able to see that if I don't put it out there. Yeah. A lot of people will just be like, oh, I, I want to start this, but I don't want to put it out there. This and the third. And it's like, I, I, I shit on my YouTube channel right now. I would shift my mindset. I think I'm a great editor, but I got a thousand videos on there and that's a lot. I'm still learning like, and I haven't really deleted them cause I don't want it to like look a certain way. Like if that channel actually does go and I, I got 2000, like, damn, bro, you got 2000 videos. Yeah. I, I tried a lot. <laughs> I tried a lot. I think just last year alone, I uploaded like maybe 300 videos and stuff like that. So, you know, some short, some like not edited fully. Some are like, I spent, eight nine hours at it and i'm like i'm i'm trying everything like everything you see me do is, is just be trying and uh, i'm hey. gonna figure it out hopefully i feel like i see like life through my eyes for some reason i don't know what reason hey. i want me to see them through but bro like that's 
That's a beautiful thing, man. Like, like that's why I said you can't do what you're doing without taking a big risk. Mm-hmm. And you're taking a risk on yourself, man. You're taking a risk to throw. You, you have to be vulnerable, right? And I think when you do stuff that makes you vulnerable, it it's really the most loving thing you can do to yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because to feel like that, to throw yourself out there, and it's like I could just fall flat in my face i could have five thousand videos on this and i have 100 <laughs> likes total you know yeah and, and that's embarrassing yeah. Wh- whatever M- good make it ten thousand. make it ten thousand videos let's go let's keep going you know um i i think once you're not scared of feeling vulnerable you, you're really powerful and you have something because um, yeah, it's almost crazy how it's really it's really not that bad like it's not no like it, it's exposure therapy you know, it took you a, a how many videos? A, a two, two, thousand. A thousand videos to not feel embarrassed by failing. That's huge, man. I'm telling you, most people won't even make two videos because they're scared of failing, mm-hmm. right? Or it has to be the perfect one. It has video. to be the perfect one. They're creating and they're the perfect one. Holding on to right? it for so months. I'm, I'm telling you, man, you're doing something that's soul building and you're doing all the other things without letting go of this thing. That's what it takes. Like, there's a good book called The Alchemist, and 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 in this book, this guy talks of of, of this story of of he talks um, to those like this this person who's called an alchemist. An alchemist is somebody who turns um, lead into gold, and it's and and this person is on their journey, and he talks to this alchemist about being the best possible version of himself, and this is his journey is, is to is to fill his personal destiny. And, and he has him take this tour of his house and his house is this big immaculate house. And, and there's a bunch of artwork and there's a bunch of crazy furniture and architecture in it. And he says, I want you to go tour this house and then come back and tell me what you saw. And he goes, before you go, take this spoon and out and he fills it with oil and he goes, but don't spill any oil. So he goes and walks around the whole house and comes back and, and, uh, he gets back and he goes, well, did you see this? And did you see that? And did you see the architecture here? And, he, and the guy goes, the boy goes, no, I didn't see any of it. He goes, I was so concentrating on the spoon that I couldn't see the house. Mm. And he goes, he goes, you'll have, you'll have mastered it when you can see the whole house and still not spill a drop. You're doing that thing. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This is your spoon of oil right here. Mm. You haven't let it drop and you're still working. You're still doing the things. You got to keep doing this, man. Like, like this is the path. You are on the path. Believe that you're on the damn path. It's like that. That's the thing. Is like, like this isn't like, like this clear cut. Like, like you said, this isn't like. Yep, this is my next step. This is my next step. You are the doing the damn thing, man. The, the things that you're doing is the path. Like, hmm. So what? Most people let this go. Yeah. Because the other things. Because he got to pay a bill. Because I, I got to sleep. I got to, like, hey, there's going to be a million excuses for what you got to do. Right? Like, there's, there's, they're coming. Yeah. They're all coming. Yeah. Yep. And and you're like, well, I don't want to feel like this. I don't want to feel like this. And you're like, man, put it out there. I'll, I'll feel vulnerable. I'll, I'll throw myself out there. I'll do. That's a beautiful thing, dude. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, you're in a, a small group of people that think like that and they can do that. And, that, and that's a powerful thing. My inner group are all people that I that have something like that in them, you know. Um, so, what was that moment for you to where you felt like you had the spoon with the oil and you're in the house? Yeah, man. And, and no, I, I think it's it's I'm always working on that. You know, <laughs> I'm always trying not to spill that damn oil. But but I, I'm committed to uh, um, seeing as many house rooms in that house and seeing as much detail in that house with 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 
keeping that spoon full, you know. Um, but I think it's that commitment level to doing all the things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I can certainly, in my head, it helps to chunk it. Um, and, you know, there might be a chunk of time where for six months all I'm doing is focusing on that spoon with oil on it, you know, or, or a year or two years. And then, and then there's a chunk of, where, of a month where... You're just looking at the house. Yeah, I'm just looking at the damn house, right? Mm. So I'm just stopped looking at something right there. So it's not it's not this beautiful scaled out thing every day where everything's even all the time. It comes in chunks and phases, and just like your just like progress will come. Mm. It's not this incremental even thing, right? The analogy would be like you climbing a mountain, right? It's not this perfect even path. It's okay. I come to here, but I actually have to go down and around this cliff. I'm actually at a less spot than here but i'm out of a whole nother perspective i can see the peak in a whole different way mm. that i can see over here so the perspective is important so you have to you have to keep doing it long enough to gain new perspective of it so do you subscribe to that like where because you know I, you know being an athlete and just working on the gym you're always taught like you either get better or worse today is it like do you say like no. yeah. there's a different way like you might not have got better but your form was solid, and then you like you didn't hit a higher number, but your form was solid. Your form was good, or this and the third. Like, there's it's not necessarily good or getting better or worse. It's more of what did you work on today? Where what did that take you today? It's exposure to the skill. Mm. So so if you have if you have two athletes, mm-hmm. and we were just talking about basketball, so we'll talk about basketball. Let's assume technique's really good, and we're really honed in on technique, mm-hmm. and you have athlete A is going to shoot uh, 50 or fifty free throws a week, but they're going to shoot their free throws 10 on Monday, 10 on Tuesday, 10 on Wednesday, 10 on Thursday, 10 on Friday, take the weekend off. So they're going to shoot 50 a week. Right. Athlete B is going to take that same form, but they're going to shoot all 50 shots on Monday, and they're not going to shoot the rest of the week. Okay, at the end of a year, they're going to take two weeks off. They're going to take some vacation. They're going to take two weeks off. They've both shot 2,500 shots. Mm-hmm. Who's a better shooter, A or B? Mm. Well, if you said they took two. They both took equal amount of shots. One one athlete took 50 shots all in one day. Right. The other athlete took 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, and then took the weekend off. At the end of the year, who's a better shooter? You would assume the one that shot five days a week. Okay. But, but they, it's the same amount of shots. You're right. They are better. But Why? Just because if they shot five days a week, say they had the same form every single time, the one that shot five days a week could have a bad day and was able to, I don't want to say face adversity, but was able to come into the next day with a different mindset and hope that they would be able to make more shots. Like they have the optimism. Like if the one that shot 50 shots – shot a lower percentage like say 60 or 50 and was fucked up about it he's not going to redeem himself until the next yeah the next monday so So it might even linger every day they're not shooting are they getting better they're getting worse skill wise micro skill wise probably worse they're getting worse yeah absolutely so when you talk the skill it gets specific and then there's like levels of specific after Mm -hmm. that like how that ball feels in your hand and you know exactly by how the ball tread is if it's in the right spot or not I know as soon as the second it leaves my finger, whether it's going in or not, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like you have to, the frequency of how much you touch that skill matters more than how much you actually do in that skill. 
So they both shot the same amount of shots. But the practice level goes from five to one. At the end of the year, athlete mm. A practiced 250 times. Athlete B practiced 50. It's yeah. not even close because a better shooter. They shot the same amount of freaking shots, bro. So it's like, so, so exposure to the skill really matters. And you got to do it frequent. I don't, I don't need you to do one day a lot of this, but I need you to do this a little bit often. And that makes it certainly more doable in the sense of like, hey, I can do work another job and still do this on the side, right? Right. Because I can do a little bit, boom, 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 a lot. And then like, it, it also might not even be that like mindset of like to go back to the zone thing. Like, you know, you could switch as soon as you touch the gym floor, you could switch into that mindset of, all right, I'm about to shoot my 10 free throws. And then if you like, That's it? if you get your work in yeah if yep. you like say say you just had an off day say you did five of ten you're going to be thinking about that so the next time you're going out there you're yep. going to be ready I'm, I'm already it's already fresh on my mind the person that shoots 50 might not be able to get in that mindset just because after monday if it's tuesday they're not even thinking about basketball they're not thinking Absolutely. about the feel of the ball That's and it. things of like that yep hmm. so when, when you practice a skill and, and you and you do that skill your mind is making a neural connection from your brain to your muscles to develop that skill. Mm-hmm. Right now, when you go home and you get REM sleep, type two sleep is this is a deep sleep, and and of that sleep, there's one and two. The deepest level of that happens around seven to nine hours of sleep. That's why that's critical to get those seven to nine hours. Your body takes that pattern and goes dun dun dun, and it goes dun 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 dun, and the next day you come back, you're a fraction better. Mm. That pattern is just a little bit sharper. Mm. You just trust your skill just a little bit more, man. That I just I can feel that ball different. So it's right? like it goes but, into but a deeper if you don't part of touch your brain. That, if you don't touch that, mm. now you have to, man. Now you're thinking about the ball in your hand. You pretty soon you get so good you don't even think about it. Like I, I don't know. I didn't think about. it. I just felt it. No, that's real. I just felt it. That's right? that's I just felt it. That's real. Because like I in fighting games they have like a keen. Detail to rhythm and things of that nature. Because sure, it's like sure. I never struggled with the pattern of doing the combo. It was getting the feel for the combo. Like, there you go. Like you're, your you're subconscious needs to take over that. Yeah, pattern. and yeah. then it's like a certain timing to it, and you would never really notice that unless you're constantly practicing it and things of that nature. Time, too. Man, you gotta be sharp all. And the time, then it's yeah. also putting it in different scenarios too. Because yep. it's, it's one thing to like like being comfortable. It's one thing to do it when the computer's not moving and you're just hitting on a bot, but when a person's moving and they're not going to give it right, that situation, right. you have to kind of like set yourself up to be ready for that situation. And you might get that situation. So now you're talking specifics of that skill. That's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You, you need to be exposed to that more often. Now, I don't want you to expose yourself so much to it that you burn out that you don't touch it for another week. Mm. I want you to touch it a little bit often. Just get a little taste of it. Mm. Yeah. So that makes it now you take that mindset and you apply that to a decade of work. Now look at that same shooter from a decade perspective. They were five times the amount of work after one year. Now they're 500 times mm. more work at the end of a decade. Wow. Yeah. And they never were intense at all. They were always just low level intensity, right? So they weren't coming in there trying to shoot their arm off. Right. They were just trying to work on their form yeah. and just keep it all one floor. Now it's motion. five, five hundred to twenty five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The math is getting hard. Yeah, five hundred to yeah, yeah, yeah. Fifty weeks. Yeah. So that that's a that's a lot. So now five thousand to five hundred would be the end of the decade, 
who's a better shooter now? I have I'm one person who's practiced or shot 5,000 practices. One of the practices practiced 500. It's like, it's not even close, dude. It's not, it's not even close. Because I used to always kind of, like, I would work hard, but I always would be jealous of the person that can make it look natural. Like, they just come up, show up, and they just do it, and you're just like, oh, how the fuck? It's, it's done every day. And I'm just, like, mind yeah. blown. But I'm over yeah. here working hard. But then I felt like, because that's kind of what happened, like, when I was at junior college. Like, I went to, I went to North. Okay. So, you know, not, not known for their great football program, sure. but, you know what I'm saying, we always had a football program. Mm-hmm. And when I went to college, I had to learn how to play the game of football. So then football became easier because now – I'm understanding, like, if usually if you see, like, somebody on the defense, like, crack somebody on offense, it's usually because somebody on offense is not doing their job. Like, the outside receiver, if he has to run a fade, he has to run a fade and kind of take that outside shoulder of the cornerbacks just to follow him so he can clear out for the middle routes. Right. So I also tied that into a motion, too, because I went up there with one of my good, like, childhood friends. So then he would be the inside receiver. I'd be the outside receiver. Sure. So, like, I was like, he ain't going to get, like, fucked up on my responsibility because that's my brother. So I'm going to try to do what I'm supposed to do. And then once I started, like, understanding things, it made it so much easier to where, like, it I don't want to. down. Yeah. 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 For, sure. For sure. Now, the beauty of that is is you take that work and, and you take that and you say, what were your God-given abilities, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Now, I'm 5'7 with bow legs, you know? Like, I'm probably, you know, what are my chances of being in the NBA? All right. Genetically, very low. <laughs> How much work would I have to put in to ever be an NBA pl- basketball player? Like, like, I don't know if I could even do that amount of work that it would take for me to be an NBA basketball player, right? Yeah. Uh, or certainly have the belief that I could be one, right? Mm-hmm. Um and then you take somebody like, uh, um, and I'm going to use examples that I know um, who have done something at a world class level. But um, uh, I, I, when I was at Ames High, I, I coached at Ames High for a little bit when I was in college at Iowa State. Um, but I, I got the opportunity to coach an AAU basketball team, and that basketball team, I had an interview and I got the job. And they were this, they were a fifth grade basketball team, right? And they were competing at a national level. But I had Harrison Barnes, so I had Harrison from fifth, sixth. And then oh, on to seventh grade. Um, That's cool. But you ask Harrison Barnes what he wanted to do when he was a sixth grader. What do you think he said? The NBA. Play in the NBA? Yeah. You ask me as a sixth grader what I wanted to do. Depends on the day. I say I will play in the NBA. <laughs> right? I, like, yeah. I was obsessed with basketball as a kid. Who believed me? Right? Nobody believed me. I was like, oh, that's that's cute. That's funny, you know? Uh, you believed Harrison um, because he was tall. He was big. His Dad played in him. His dad was a professional basketball player. I didn't even know that. Um, yeah. Um, but you, you, you start to have this belief that it's like, okay, like he could do this, you know? And in sixth grade, then you say, all right, well, certainly it's not just talent. It's like, okay, well, well what did Harrison do in sixth grade? But you certainly believe that he had this desire to play basketball at the next level. So, so, I remember this conversation he had with his mom, Shirley, and this has made probably the biggest impact in my life. That, And I learned so much from coaching this team. But I remember this bus ride. We were going to a tournament, and uh, and we were sitting. One of the parents had this giant, like, Prevost bus we were driving around in, and, uh, and Harrison was sitting up front, and all the other kids were back, like, 
screwing around with video games and, and like they're messing with their skateboards. And Harrison was up there talking about us about what he wanted to do. And, mm. uh, and I remember him saying he wanted to play in the NBA and, and his mom goes, you realize you have to go to a division one school for that to happen. That realize you have to get good grades to go to a division one school. Mm. And she goes, are you committed to doing those things? Are you, are you committed to doing all the work and all the things that it's going to take for you to go to division one school? And he said, I am. And she goes, as long as you stay committed, I'll make sure you have the best coaches and you'll, you'll have the best things. And so starting in fifth grade, Harrison would ride his bike from the grade school over to the high school where I was working. And he would do agility drills with me. I was teaching him how to lift weights with a PVC pipe. And the weight room would get busy. He's in fifth grader. I'd kick him out of the weight room, and he'd go down and shoot. I'd look down, and Austin Arnott was a freshman at the time. And, of course, he was a quarterback at Iowa State for a long time. But he was a freshman, and he would be down there shooting with him. Oh, wow. And he was in fifth grade, dude. That's insane. Okay, okay so, so then we'd have practice. We'd have practice. And on the days we weren't practicing, he'd come in, Still and shoot. he'd do weight room stuff. So starting in fifth grade, not only is he more, he has a 7'1 wingspan, all right, but he's out practice you 10 times to one. So, so that's what too. creates a, a blue chip. That's what creates a top 10 NBA pick. That's what creates the number one high school player in, this, in the country. Mm-hmm. It's like these people aren't just God-given talent, but they have outworked you 10 times to one. So whatever you think that you need to do and work, you need to five times that thought. And that's... Uh, you, you need to... Because you are fucking behind. Not only are you physically behind, you are outworked by the people that are more physical than you. And they're so, going to keep working. Yeah, so they're going to keep working. You're you know? almost and, too late. But, you know, by the time Harrison is a senior, he's the number one high school recruit in the country. The number one. He had Coach K come to see him at 6.30 in the morning on the night of Duke, Duke North Carolina. He was Jesus. that important. Like So... He was NBA ready his senior year of high school because he had put so much fucking work in. And that's the thing, too, is like uh, kind of how, like you said, that his mom said that, you know, you took him seriously. To, yeah. yeah. Took him seriously just on the strength of like you have to do well in school, too. You got to do all the things. You got to scale lot, this out and do a all lot of people yeah. don't realize that everybody has D1 talent. Not one. Ha- not everyone. F- fuck a mindset for a second. Not everyone has D1 like. Just being a person in the community, not mm. D one academics, not D one all the things that it takes accountability to as yes. far as like what are you gonna do outside of like when no one's watching you kind of well, sort have of you, thing. Have you seen what a Division one or a college? I mean, you know this what a college athlete schedule looks like. It's insane. It's I, insane. I, worked, I basically dude. worked forty hours and you, I was in you, JUCO. You can't go from you can't go from uh, I'm not I'm not doing anything all day long to that and make that. For last four years, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. So you have to, at a young age, start to prepare yourself for that step. And I think if you, if you take that seriously and, and you have a real shot, but the the statistics on it. Uh, so this is where this is the, the idea of, of how much work it actually takes is this. This is how much work I think I need to put in. But the right answer is this. Yeah. But you at know, the like, same time, yeah. you, a lot of people, like I had, you know, I went to North, like I said, I didn't have, I had D1 aspirations. Sure. I don't think I put in D1 work, but sure. I also didn't see what D1 nope, work was. No, that's exactly was right. You didn't know. Until, you didn't know. Until you, I went to JUCO 
Yeah. And then, like I said earlier, That's like it. a lot of those guys were D1 talents, but they weren't D1 everywhere else they needed to be. D1. So something I'm, I'm extremely grateful for is seeing Harrison at a young age and the work ethic. He, he was out working high schoolers when he was in fifth grade. Yeah. He had more weight room experience than the, the entire Ames High football team did which by the time insane. he was a freshman in high school. Which you is know, like, insane. And that was just something. That's basketball. That's, Sorry, he hasn't even ta- we haven't even talked in basketball practice yet. This is weight room stuff. So it's like, dude, and not only was he the most physically gifted person you're ever going to come across, he'd already outworked you five times to one. So it, it's like, it's you're not going to catch up, man. Um, so I, I think he... To be exposed to people that are really great at it, and and I think that's helpful, man. Like you should you should beg somebody that's really freaking good at this, really fucking good at this, and you should just like, bro, let me just come shadow you. Just let me like look, let me ask you questions. Let me call you or something. Yeah, like, and 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 see. Yeah, and that's why <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Like, shit, I just want to work for someone. Yeah, like absolutely, one. absolutely. If I could do both, I think that'd yes. be the perfect goal. And then that was the thing that like because you got to know, you got to know what it is. You, because you can say, I'm putting in a lot of work compared to who? That's true. Compared to your old self? That's true. You know, you were already at a C level, and now you're working to a, a, you know, a, a C plus level. Right. But, but you don't know. You don't know if you don't mm-hmm. know. And, and Kobe has this, this, this statement. Where there's a documentary on him, and I love Kobe, but there's a documentary on him uh, called Muse. Uh, means North Star, right? And uh, But he was... It was the year that he had tore his Achilles. So he was getting massage work done on his Achilles, and the cameraman, it was just him and the cameraman and the massage guy, and he was kind of zoomed in on his face, and Kobe was looking up at the TV, and uh, it was this one of these games where um, it was kind of a runaway game, and uh, and Kobe's looking at the TV, and he just kind of, like, shakes his head and, like, turns away. So the cameraman goes, what did you see? He's like, what are you looking at up there? And he goes, he goes, so-and-so went 0 for 7. He goes, he gave up on himself. He goes, I'll go over thirty before I go for seven, <laughs> because the next one's going in, right? Right. right. The, the next one's fucking going in. That's what you gotta like, believe. It's like he's trying five times harder than the other guys trying, mm-hmm. and he's more gifted, and he's physically more gifted. It's another level to get around people that are physically gifted that work to a level of where you just can't believe it's possible. So it's like, okay, I I physically don't have. A seven-one wingspan. I'm five-eight with bow legs, right? Mm-hmm. How hard do I have to work to make it happen? Shit. It's like, it's like I I don't have time, man. I'm like, bro, let's go. You have to be working I right go now every day. So yeah. that you know, you got to wake up with that mindset every day. It's like I got to hustle to another level. You know, and like there, there's another level of this where I got to hustle with a sense of urgency. You know, because mm-hmm. then it's about like how much time do you have to put in the work? It's so different too because it's like. Just with the Harrison Barnes analogy, and then him being in fifth grade, he cannot go D1 in fifth grade. He no. can't go to the NBA in no. fifth grade. He has to wait so many years yeah. just to even get the opportunity. Man. So to be determined, just just tell someone, say, just give them a, 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 a random scenario. Say, if you work this hard for 10 years straight, I promise you a million dollars. A lot of people are like, oh, a million dollars, but then they're like, oh, 10 years. I'm like, damn, I don't even know if I can do a month. Like, it's so hard to just put yourself in that zone and that goal oriented mindset for that long. That's a long ass time. Yeah, I, I think I think the belief that it's possible, you know, started that. Mm-hmm. The belief 
that it's possible started that. And then, then that belief turned into a real investment in the actions towards it. All right. Mm -hmm. And, but the, but the, but the actions weren't like, I'm going to be in the NBA someday. I'm going to like, this workout's going to like, it was never that. It was always like, Hey, I'm just trying to be, I just want to be a starter on the Ames high basketball team. Right. I'm just trying to be, win this sixth grade AAU tournament. But that's right. You that, see what that, I'm saying? That might be yeah. different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, a different but I promise you, like, it wasn't like, hey, I'm going to be in the NBA someday. Like, mm -hmm. it wasn't that kind of work. Like, it was like, hey, I'm just trying to, I just want to be seen in this, in, in this tournament we're doing in Virginia Beach. I want, I want people to notice me. Mm -hmm. what, what, what work do I need to do for people to notice me here? That work. You know, like, so it's, it's like that. And it's keep throwing yourself out there. It's keep, but it's, it's his, it's his grind often. He wasn't shooting 50 shots one day and not touching the ball again until the mm -hmm. next tournament, right? Every freaking day, man, that guy was shooting. All right. That guy was in the weight room. That was, guy was, and it's you like, be able it's, to like the it's nauseating the amount of work. Now, what are the costs of doing that much work? All right. You know, a lot. Well, yeah. Costs you socially. It costs you, uh, you know, it, there's there's some costs to that. So it's like wherever you put your time, it's going to flourish. But but you got to make sure that that's really the investment that you want to be making. You know, if I'm working 70 hours a week at a job that I hate, it's going to affect a lot of part of my life that I don't like, you know. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. So but I feel like this a lot of people we go back to the very beginning is a lot of people aren't doing stuff that that's soul building. You know, they're they're awake 120 hours a week and on. 110 of those are to they something they don't want to be doing. Right. Yeah, like, like, I never right? want to be that person that just looks forward to the weekend. Right, right. So, so it's, scary like, it's, like, it's like we have to, uh, you have to be work, like, like busting your balls on something that really makes you you. And, and if I asked you, uh, I had a trainer at Gold's one time, um, and I was a fitness director, and, uh, and I, would, I would always ask this one question. I said, what is it that what is it that you're into what are you is it you're trying to and i don't remember specifically how to ask it but the gist of it was was like what is it that like like lights your fire like mm. what is it that you're trying to be the best at right mm. and uh he's like well i'm just trying to be like the best trainer like and he said it like that and i'm like bro i don't believe you man i'm like like, be honest with me. Like, like you said that, and, like, nothing changed. No facial expressions changed. Nothing changed. Like, nothing, like, excited you about that statement. Like, that's just something, like, you've told yourself that you wanted to do, but you don't really feel it. it. sounds good. Yeah, it sounds good, right? Yeah. And a lot of people let that rule them, right? Mm -hmm. So I said, what is it, dude, that just lights you on fucking fire? Like, the, the, like this is the thing. This is the thing that you're going to do that's, like, you that makes you you and he goes i want to be a professional wrestler and i'm like well, like like the wwf and he goes yeah like the w and he completely changed right like his face changed mm -hmm. everything about him changed mm -hmm. and i'm like you should go do that he goes well that means i'll have to do this and that means i'll have to do this and i'm like you should go do this yeah that's exactly what that means and and like like you should pursue those things like you this is something that you're clearly passionate about like mm -hmm. that's very unique and like he goes, what well, I have to go to this school in Florida, and like, and uh, and he's doing those things, like, I, cool. I, I, like he's in like some minor league of doing those things, that's but like, up. like he went and did those things. Like, I think that's fucking rad, man. Like, I, who cares if he ever makes the WWE, man? Like, he's taking a like, 
Like he's following that path. And people are like, man, what a waste that he did that. I look at that. I'm like, bro, that guy has more. He learned more about himself by following that than, than he ever would by working at Wells Fargo and being a trainer part-time, right? Yeah. Or working at some gym, being being a trainer. like uh, Because, I mean, just to create those goals, like there's so many different opportunities to do that. Like it might not be WWE, but you know AEW's pop and New Japan's pop and ROH's pop. There's so many different lanes and leagues that he could go and still flourish. And and then also kind of like what you said, I always kind of looked at it from the standpoint of, I think Elon Musk said it. I don't want to misquote, but he said something along the lines of like, basically somebody's always telling me of things they want to be or what they want to do. Well, tell them, okay, well, what what would you do if you had two hours? Yeah. If you had two hours, you could come up with an approach to what you yeah. would have to do in, like, in order to make those things happen. Yeah. And then also, I, I kind of like the philosophy that I, I always be, like, when someone says, like, like what would light your fire? I never really had, like, a fire. Like, well, I always knew that I wanted to be, like, free. Because I knew life, my life was weird. Like, I never had a situation to where it'd be realistic for me to do a 9 to 5 because, you know, I have my moments. Like, some days I'll be... You know, four o'clock in the morning, conquer the world, do all bunch of shit, see everybody, kiss babies, do all this shit. And the next day, I'm fucking exhausted. I just want to sleep in. And it's just like I'm so like different dynamics in that regard. It's like I don't think I could just sit down and do a nine to five. So I just wanted to be free to where I had my own options and kind of be like my own boss in a way. And I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. And I don't know how to apply that, but I know, I know I want to keep striving for that. And just have this creative freedom and control in like what I want to do in life because it's harder to me. It's harder to work seventy hours and be miserable. That's hard as hell. In order to constantly do that shit and expect a different result, like that's the definition of insanity. Like, hey, bro, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know that nobody knows how to do that, man. There's no clear cut. There's no clear cut. This is what you got to do, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I'm saying is, don't let that oil drop out of this fucking spoon. Don't don't oh, shaking, don't don't uh, spill <laughs> don't spill this goddamn oil to the point where you're like I'm not even, I'm just looking around and now I'm, mm-hmm. like like you need to do all the things and you need to create a life for yourself where you can have a roof over your head and a house and do all the responsible things right, right. you need to create that for your life and and you still need to do this mm-hmm. like but don't let go of this because it's going to be easy to let go of this this mm-hmm. is going to be the thing it's like that'd oh, be man. the thing to get like, rid of yeah yeah well this like. Don't get rid of it, man. Like, I see how you talk about it. Like, this is, there's a passion. There's a fire there. Like, keep pouring yourself into this. And I think you do that long enough. It, who cares where it goes? Who cares if it never becomes the thing that you think it be- can become, right? Like, like, like you keep pushing towards that level. Do you ever find yeah. people that, like, like, just go home and watch Netflix, like, weird? I'd I be so, like, yeah. almost, like, mind blown. Like, damn, that's it. Like, there's nothing you care about. Right. And they just, right. oh, I just go to work and then yeah, come no, home. I, and I'm I, just like, what I, the and, fuck? And when you you said something in the beginning, you said, I have a list. And you're like, of, of all these things that you're doing and you, like, you don't check them all off. Like, that's a beautiful thing. Mm. You should have a list. You should have a list a mile long. And when you die, you should that list should be, like, still a half mile long. Right. right. Of, like, stuff you still wanted to do. Like, that's a passionate human being, man. Like, that's you with living a life of desire and purpose right mm-hmm. it, it's like if if you could look back and ask your 10 year old self like are you doing the things that make you happy right now like like if you would have told your 10 year old self man you're gonna make 
video game podcast and you're going to talk and you're going to work on your video game skills to a level that's like world class, right? Like, it would have been happy. Your 10-year-old yeah. self would have been like, fuck yeah, that guy's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. And also, I think you're on the right path when you you can talk about something and you can do it and you're like, shit, I didn't eat. I need to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, definitely. oh, God, I need to go to the bathroom. I've had to go to the bathroom for the last hour. I was so focused on the thing mm-hmm. that I, I didn't even go to the bathroom. When you forget to piss and you forget to eat, that's the thing. That's the thing that led to you on fire. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, people have let go of that thing. We had that thing as kids. And now we let go of that thing. And now we see, oh, there's Netflix or there's, I'm just going to browse Instagram or I'm going to browse like, right. And I think create, that's. Create, keep that thing. Everybody has it. They're just scared to admit what it is. Because mm-hmm. to say it out loud and to do it is to take a risk. And that risk might mean you're going to suck at it. And that risk might mean you're going to look silly doing it. And people are going to laugh at you. And people are going to be like, well, why are you doing that? All right. But you have to break out of this this theater you've created for yourself in your own head and, and step out and to be this spot of, I don't care if I suck at it. This is what I like to do. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's why, like when I was saying earlier, like I never looked at myself as a podcaster because I never looked at this as hard. Like this is to me, this is fun. Like, I think I maybe asked three or four questions on that. No, I took notes. I thought about it and all this. Shit. I think I asked we yeah, hour 30 years. And I think I asked three questions, bro. And this is, but, to but me, this, this is easy. But to me, this is, this is, the, the fact that you cared to write out the question is the podcast. Yeah. Not the actual questions. Mm. You see it? That's true. You see what the, 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 the thing that made you, what made you write out those questions? Because I wanted to have a good ass interview and get you to talk like this. But you yeah, yeah, yeah. So your like desire came across to me. Mm. Right? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It wasn't the questions. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I'm talking about. People have lost that. The fact that you. Drove here, came in here, brought all your shit, set up the camera, wrote down all the questions. It's like like parents like wanting to be good parents, and they buy all the parenting books. It's like the fact that you cared to buy the parenting book makes you a good parent. Right. The and fact that you cared to write this down makes you the podcaster. You are the po- you are a podcast. Yeah. You are doing the things right. Yeah. Like my perspective, this is a podcast, right? I appreciate that. Yeah. So it's like. Take those shackles off that, like, this is, you are, see, this is where the belief and the actions don't match. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah you believe I'm not doing a podcast. This makes sense. But then also, I but feel like. all the things that you're doing is, like, you being a podcast. I also don't feel like I get, well, I think I would get this side from you because you are that person. But I feel like it's easier to get that side of someone. When they're kind of comfortable and like I try to do everything, I guess that also goes into being the podcaster, but I try to do everything in my power just to get that person that, that wants to speak and like is talking versus yeah. the interview of, oh, well, I do this, I do that. Like, nah, I just have a conversation with someone because I feel like so many people like are, I don't even want to say like walking on eggshells, but they're so, like you said, almost like going through the motions of life of where they're not even expressing how they really feel about Scared to be vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like the, the and, 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 I, and that goes back to what you said in the beginning. It's like, look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself the tough questions. Mm-hmm. What are you really scared of? Mm-hmm. You know, Brian, what are you really scared of? You ask yourself in that mirror, Wes, what are you, what are you really scared of about yourself? What do you, what do you, what's so scary about failing? Who cares what so-and-so really thinks about what you're doing here? Mm. Like, like, you think about that, you're like, well, man, that's going to look funny. Look funny to who? Right. Like, who cares? That's true. Yeah, yeah, just throw it out there. That's true. Because yeah, that person won't even try. Right. 
Yeah. It's like, it's like you have to just keep exposing yourself to the things that are going to make you look like an idiot. And so, so the number one question I have on this board is what flavor of shit sandwich would you like? Because you're going to eat them. <laughs> it sounds nasty. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 but the, the, this idea of like, it's not going to be all rainbows. Right. Like, this, is, this isn't paved with gold. Right. But I'm going to eat a lot of shit sandwiches doing this. Mm-hmm. And as long as I'm willing to sacrifice looking like a goddamn idiot, I'm going to be good at this damn thing, right? Right. And and it, and the second that you that give crazy up this too. control of I have to feel a certain way, and I have to it has to feel and it has to be a certain way, and you just do the damn thing and not and and you've done that here, and it allows me to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. But it also takes two personalities to like kind of. Feel that, but yeah, but bounce I, off I, each other. But as as soon as you 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 said that, you have to have those conversations with yourself in that mirror to to uh, just let go. And one thing I used to do in college, I used to because I had a MacBook, a MacBook Air, and I would like kind of how we're kind of doing with a screen that like you actually see yourself and see your reflection. And I would just talk, just talk about the shit that's on my mind, just talk about the shit that I'm going to, and then like the next day I would play it back, and then I'm like, oh, I. Sound fucking crazy. Or like I sound like well, I'm really tripping about that. And like just hearing it, it almost like you hear it from a different perspective. That's that's so powerful, dude. And like like I haven't you, done it in you years. Said, you said so much, it's so powerful, like it's it's crazy. Um you know, I, I think when you get to a spot where you can no longer of be a judge of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and this goes both ways. And then this was, goes back to our conversation of like, this is good or this is bad. I'm getting better. I'm getting worse. How mm-hmm. do you know? How do you know you're getting better? How do you know that if you just went to, went to shoot free throws and you just always made the free throws that you're going to get to a, a game situation, you're just going to make it. You need to experience what it feels like to miss them and mm-hmm. miss them and miss them and suck at missing them and then overcome that suck. That's a better path than is just to be good, 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 good. Right. So it's like the question is I want to be great, but the path isn't always paved with good, 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 good. So if we're really talking progress, progress looks like failure, 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 getting back up, figuring out, getting back up. So so you're on the fucking path, man. Yeah. It's, like, it's like you just got to keep doing the thing and lose the judgment of on yourself of like that was good, that was bad. Like like I'm going to feel myself talking in that damn camera for an hour and I don't I don't care what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do it. Mm-hmm. I got to get really comfortable with this thing in my hand and and, re- and just throw myself out there. I always, I mean, shit, I kind of still say it. I say, like, I'm my, like, I'm good at realizing that I'm not good at anything. Bingo. That's, that's also, dude, that is so powerful. <laughs> I mean, really, what does that mean? Like, break that down a little bit. What does that mean? Um, I've always, not... I don't know. I don't know how I want to describe it because, like, I kind of like oh, your belief system. So I'm trying to shift my mindset. But I'm obviously Rome wasn't built in a day. But I realized that I wasn't. I didn't feel like I was good at anything. But here I am doing a podcast. I do YouTube. I do Twitch. I started technically with T Teesprings, but I did my own merch. I did like I'm trying a bunch of shit. I haven't figured it out yet, yeah. but still trying a bunch of shit. And there's if like, I, if I lived in a perfect world where everything else was taken care of and I had all this money to do, I would do even more shit. Like right. I, I right. want to be that person. I wish yeah. I could be almost like uh, 
fuck's this show that uh, Mark Cuban's on? Um, yeah, Shark Tank. Shark Tank. Yeah, like, I wish I could just throw money at people and yeah. like just do dope shit like that. But I'm trying different things because it's like I don't realistically, knowing my body and who I am, I don't think it's realistically possible for me to one work 70 hours a week because one i'd be an asshole because i'd be moody as hell <laughs> two or 70 hours a week just doing just a traditional job and like this is the job and you're only worth like not to go in a conspiracy route but like it always blew my fucking mind how like like nfl nba players mlb players like yeah there might be a market set but then they could get paid x amount of money and like it always fluctuates but here i am working at this job even though this job doesn't matter I'm stuck at, say, $10 an hour. Regardless if I'm the best worker in the history of the fucking company, <laughs> I'm $10 an hour worth. Sure. That blew my fucking mind because I'm yeah. just like, yo, I'm only worth $10? And I have to be the best player or best person in this company for a year, and then you're going to give me a review and potentially only raise it up to a dollar? Now I'm only worth $11 when people out here making so, so, millions of dollars of money? So, so, look at it like this. Look at it from... That position is only worth $10 an hour. Mm. Okay. Now, your work might be worth $50, $100 mm-hmm. an hour. Okay. Mm-hmm. You got to find a position that fits, that, fits that. that. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's fair. That's All very right. valid. All right. But think, think about this. When you said, um, I know enough to know that I don't know very much, right? Like mm-hmm. something to that extent. Is that, was right. that what you said? Um, I, I think you you work a skill long enough and you start to gain some confidence in that skill. And you got you start to video game and you start to get like, hey, I'm starting to understand this, right? And you, and you keep going around this circle enough to like, I don't know what I'm doing to like, I'm exploring this, right? I'm mm-hmm. exploring these things. And then I'm like, yeah, hey, I'm starting to get a feel for it. And you do it long enough. And then you see it at a level that's like, oh shit, I really don't know anything. Yeah, I think that's a powerful thing, and and I'll, and I'll, I'll leave it on this. But there's a there's the the person that invented, um, and and I think it's jujitsu or taekwondo, one of the two, um, wanted to be buried in his white belt. Why? Because that's where he started from. So there's a power that you have of of innocence. In the beginning, where you don't know anything, and, I almost and, and and that and the the desire to learn is the most powerful thing that you have. And at some point, you get to a level where you're like, "You're stuck." I don't need to learn anymore, right? Because mm. I already know. That's when you quit progressing. So if you always have this white belt mentality of just forever learner, hey, I didn't, I knew nothing about you today. I'm learning. I've learned so much from you. Like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like I can learn from every single situation I'm in. I'm at this ten dollar an hour job, not where I want to be, right? right? But this is beginner level, right? What am I learning from this? What What can I gain from this? Because it's a learning situation, man. You learn what it feels like to trade your time for ten dollars, which sounds right? crazy. Because right, right, right. Like if right. you almost ask so you any say, friend for a favor, so then you say. I'm fucking sick of this. That light a fire under you to a level of where you wouldn't have if you didn't do that damn thing. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's needed. That's necessary for you to experience that. Right? But I want you to recognize that position pays $10 an hour. Your skill set is more valuable than that. Right. Right. Because like, even like all the jobs that I've had, I technically never really had the same job. Like even I've worked... 
technically speaking in like well i would say two restaurants but i worked so you've done a lot of beginnings you've been white belted a lot of different things man that's powerful mindset to be in to be vulnerable to learn a new task or new skill like the idea of me going and bartending or like or serving somewhere is terrifying (laughs) i'd be terrible at that right like right. that's like i would be like okay well what am i scared of well i'm scared i'm gonna fuck up some i'm gonna scared i'm gonna fuck it up right right yeah it's like whoa that, that's a, like so for you to throw yourself out there and be a beginner at so many things man that's so fucking powerful like that's like start to view it through that lens of right like, like this i'm forever learning and i'm forever um curious because that's what started the process of you doing this. That's what started the process of you learning a skill is this is curious of like, I wonder how good I can do this. Yeah, uh, I and, guess this is. And so that's that a powerful crazy. thing. But we lose that over time. Mm-hmm. That goes away. So you have to have something that puts lighter fluid on that original reason why you fucking started the original reason why like, OK, well, why did I even get the $10 an hour job? I, for, I, for, I forgot why I even started that. It's like, man, I didn't even care at the time. I just needed a job. job right. Whoa, who is that person? Who is that person in you that needed that? Because that person, you got to keep putting lighter fluid on. Now it's like, man, I need that $50 an hour position. Right? Got that 20. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So we're just scaling it, right? Mm-hmm. But that person needs to keep the... Because society and people around you and all these distractions will come and we'll will put that fire out in that person. So we constantly have to have stuff that'll build that person up. Cause that same person that walked into this gym that wrote down all these damn questions that are doing all the things, right? Mm-hmm. That is trying to balance all these different things at the same time. Like that's that's you, man. That's you. And that's the fucking grind and I respect that. Like I I have so much respect for that. Well that's what I'm saying. Like this it felt easy to show up. It felt harder to go to work today. Sure. Because I just kind of like you said, I mean, I've, I've kind of been feeling that way for the both jobs because it's like it's not that I hate working both jobs, but it's like I kind of how we were saying earlier about the juice. Like, it's not worth the squeeze. It's not worth me straining myself so damn much to where I'm not rich. Like if I if I had all these like life situations I could take care of, I I'm not getting it from these two jobs working every damn you know, day. But, so I, need but to I also think it's not like to be said, it's like everything you do has to be this soul building thing that you do. Like, like you need to feed yourself, man. Right. You need to pay rent. You need to have a car. You need to have health insurance. You need to have all these things, mm-hmm. right? You should have those things. That's what I'm saying. See all the things and keep the spoon in the oil. So it's so you might have to do those things. You might have to work a nine to five just to do all those things. Yeah. But that nine to five is going to create opportunities for you. All right. It's, you're going to be the best nine to five guy you can be. You're going to be the best person at that restaurant. You can possibly be. There's a book called the Fred factor that talks about exactly this. No matter what the hell your position is, no matter what level it is, you're trying to be the best possible version of that. Now, whether anybody recognizes that at all, fuck them. Who cares? That's out of your control. That's real. Uh, That's out of your control. Mm -hmm. Right. But you can control that you're the best damn version of that. And I promise you that's going to open up another opportunity for you. Mm. All right. Because you're going to believe in yourself in a different level that no matter what the hell it is that I do, I'm going to be the best at it. Just give me, give me, give me a chance. Yeah. Give me a chance. Give me a chance. Give me time to grow. Yep. That's how, that's really how I feel now. 
Cause like, dude, I can tell. I know that's 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 it. And in the in the ten dollar an hour job is just one of those things. Like, don't go there to work like you're working for ten bucks. Go mm. there to work like you own the damn place. Like your name's on the damn door, you know. And when you can do that, now you have a mindset that you can apply to this thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And now you're not trading your time for ten bucks. You're building the mindset that it needs to be to be a CEO, to own your own small business, to be an angel investor, to invest for other people, right? Mm-hmm. But you're learning, and it's that skill, that, that, that learning environment that you're stuck in looks like a shit sandwich, right? Yeah. And you're eating it, and you're saying, perfect, give me another one. Mm. Good, give me another one. So you have to eat. It's paved with shit sandwiches. That's what I'm saying. That's what people don't understand is this whole path is paved with shit sandwiches. So what flavor are you willing to eat? And how much are you willing to eat? Because it's not pretty. It's, it's ugly. Not. It's really fucking ugly, and it's really fucking hard. If, if it was this easy, everybody would just be like, hey, I'm just going to do, I'm just going to, you know, uh, travel all that the time and just do what I, my heart feels like it. I'm going to make a perfect living. Bro, it's, it's just fucking struggle. It's, not. it's ugly. <laughs> And you do that ugly for long enough without keeping your bigger overall vision off. You keep building this task, build this goal. You're going to start taking more subconscious risks. Mm -hmm. And pretty soon, it's just going to be this thing that you never thought it could have been. That's real. That makes sense? Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. I be thinking. I love it. It's weird how, like, I feel like I got interviewed or like that i guess not an interview hey, I hey, like and i'm not talking talk. to you i'm talking to me man I, I promise you i'm talking to myself this is how i talk to myself <laughs> and, and i'm asking myself these questions you know That's i really good. do I, I i have notebooks filled with these questions like um i have my mind goes to these places i'm leaving this wednesday to drive to south dakota and a buddy and i are running from Deadwood to Edgemont, it's 109 miles. We're gonna run it in three days. So we're run we're running an ultra marathon every single day for three straight days. All right. All right. This this is going to push my limits of what I think I'm capable of doing. This is going to get me into uh, a hurt level where I've never probably experienced. I'm I'm have you even ran an ultra marathon? Yeah, before? I have okay. ran an ultra, uh, but I've never ran an ultra three days straight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so this seems scalable in my head, um, and, and it, it's a point where I'm taking a risk here. And it's certainly I've told enough people that like they're going to ask me how did it go, and I might have to say this Sorry. turned to hell, man. Like mm-hmm. like this turned to. Um, but you know, in my mind, I'm I'm finishing this motherfucker. Like mm. I'm, I'm now. Can my body hold up? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to do. Uh, um, that's what you're trying to prepare for is you can finish this thing and be okay afterwards. Um, but I, I think about stuff like this is like a window of opportunity that I have to do this, man. I don't want to be 70 years old or, or, you know, I've had friends die in their forties. I, we, my brother just had a friend die and he's 37, dude. Damn. It's like, we don't have all this time that we think that we have to do the things that we want to do. We really don't. So it's like, do the things necessary to go do the things that you wanted to go do, you know? So like, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm doing this thing that I call it type two fun. It's, it's not, it's not like riding a roller coaster. I don't get to just sit back and enjoy it. But when I ride that roller coaster, I'm not talking about it 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, this is scary, but doable. 
and it's going to push me. It's going to suck. It's the size of suck. And once I'm, we do it, it's going to be like, I'm so fucking glad I did that. That's type two fun. Because you almost, now, it wouldn't be a limit, but it's more so, oh, I could do that. So maybe, not yeah, saying you scary. would. I, it's scary, man. I, I hope I can do that, you know. Um, and, and this is pushing me. Uh, endurance really has a, a way to bring out all the demons and all the self-doubt of what you think you can and can't do, you know, because it's, it's going to be uh, a mind fuck, you know, the best way to put it, it's going to be a, a colossal mind fuck, but you can get in this, this phase of this, this mindset of like, okay, well, what's the first day look like? And, and then, okay, well, what does the first hour look like? What is getting up to go to the spot from the hotel? What am I going to eat? What am I going to do? Okay, so then you start thinking like that. And then you're just like, okay, what does the first four miles look like? What is, what is my pace I need to set? What, is, what does that look like? Where do I need to have my... And so you start scaling out like that. And pretty soon you do, okay, can I do four hours like that? And then can I add two more hours? And then can I add two more hours? Well, that's eight hours. And if I can average this pace for eight hours, I'll be at my 36 miles I need to average for the day. So th- that's what it looks like. It, it looks very scaled, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it all seems doable, and I know things are going to come up that I didn't plan on, and, and we're going to have to deal with them as they come. Um, but uh, this is stuff I'm really into, man, because it, it's pushing me mentally and physically to a level of, like, I'm not sure, man. I'm, I'm vulnerable. I'm, I'm, I'm going into a spot of vulnerability. And uh, it's, it's you coming here and talking to me. It's the same thing, man. I mean, well, you, you're going to – be able to, I think you will be able to tap into your inner peace. And- so, so when I'm talking about this stuff, I'm talking to myself, bro. I really am, man. You're right. I, I, I and I, I'll look back on this and, and, and hopefully be like, you know, I'm going to learn a lot from it. Yeah. That's, that's, I think that's the only thing I can guarantee for myself is I'm going to go in with a white belt mentality and I'm just going to learn. And I'm not going to judge myself of my performance or what I'm doing or what I didn't do or any of that. I'm just going to go into it and uh, squeeze that orange as hard as I can. I like it. That's that's yeah. definitely a winner's mindset. That's definitely someone that's trying to push yourself. Because I, I also, maybe not to that extreme, but I want to be able to consistently run a mile just because it's like I'm getting older in age and like there's a lot of certain, like a lot of shit, a lot of people just cannot do. And like I feel weird not even on some bravado shit, but, like, I feel weird being a man and you can't do 100 push-ups. Or I feel weird being a man and you can't even run a mile. Like, it's just, like, basic health stuff that a lot of people can't even came do a pull-up. And it's just like, man, yeah. like, you can't get sucked into this life of just working constantly, killing your body in that aspect, so, but not want to build it up. So all those things are scalable, right? Mm-hmm. I find that what you're doing here really intimidating. Really? Yeah. This This... I don't know anything about any of this stuff, right? Yeah. So you see what I'm saying? Your level of what you think hard and my level of what I think is hard is just stuff that we haven't done. Mm, that's true. Right? Now, that doesn't make what I'm doing harder than this. I will say you sound natural. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, like, like uh, what your vision of a 10-level hard is and what my vision of the 10-level hard is, who cares if they're at different levels? They're both hard, mm-hmm. right? So you say, well, well, it's nothing like what you're doing, like, Yes, it is, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's exactly like what I'm doing. It's exactly like it. Because mm. I promise you, this looks hard as fuck. I don't know the first thing of what, how you take this and do the things you need to do to make. I, it all is like, all right, what now? What do I got to do? 
Like, I have no fucking clue, right? So it's like that shit is hard to me. Like, so, so, like, like, lose this, like, like, well, that's not like nothing like what you're doing. I, dude, I promise you're doing something at a level that I don't understand. I think it'd be easier yeah. to teach it than learn it. <laughs> that's for I sure. I think when you can teach it, you're in a really good spot. Mm. Because teaching it to explain it, if you had to explain it to me, you would think about it differently. Because you would have to see it from a, a, a white belt mentality. Mm. You would have to see what I'm seeing in order mm-hmm. to teach it, right? You're like, dude, I, I see this, 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 I don't even know what this is called right here. What is this called? Uh, podcaster? I think it's like, a real podcaster. Okay, so like I see it. I have no idea what any of those things do. Nothing. Not a clue. <laughs> You'd have to explain it. What's this button do? What's this button do? What's button? Right, right, right. So it's like, I think for you to be able to explain it like that makes you, gives you a better, gives you a better product, you know? I definitely, I definitely want to switch my mindset. After talking to you, I do feel hella motivated to like switch my mindset. And Dude, ditto, I think that's man. definitely been like one of my Achilles heels because it was like, it was like I was never, re- I guess I was never really bad. I just had, I don't, it's, it's a hard place between wanting to be humble and not be cocky. I just, I just think you, you know, you don't judge at all. You, you put yourself in a position where I'm not judging myself at all for feeling however the hell it is I felt. Because mm-hmm. um, it's necessary. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, uh, I'm not that feeling. I'm not. I'm, I'm the person responding to that feeling, uh, you know, and it's, it's always good to think that you can level up, you mm-hmm. know, it's always good in your head to think around and, and, and to think about like, like I could view this different. I, I could squeeze this orange harder than I'm squeezing it. Like, like that's inspiring stuff, you know, mm-hmm. but that only comes from a period of like, I know subconsciously I'm not going as hard as I can go. You only understand that and appreciate that if you've experienced the other side of that coin. Right. Right? <laughs> so there is no light without dark. There is no good without bad. So you say, well, you know, is, is, am, I in the, am I getting better? Am I getting worse? They're both the same thing. Mm-hmm. You, don't know that, you don't know whether you're getting better unless, until you've experienced being really bad. Yeah, <laughs> right? that's true. So it's like you don't know being good until you've experienced, it, you know, or you're to getting worse unless you've experienced being really good. Or you don't so, know if you're pushing yourself until you experience like, holy shit, <laughs> I feel like I'm about to die. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, once you lose the judgment of good and bad and you just experience, I, I think, I think you're in a spot of like, now I'm in a spot of flow. Mm. Now I'm in a spot of just doing the thing without judging the thing. And that's where you do it for, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, you know. Can do it for a lifetime. Yeah, you do it for this for a lifetime, and and this is it, man. Now you have a purpose-filled life. Do you want to answer all these questions, or you want to just wrap it up there? Dude, it's up to you, man. We've been talking for two hours. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'll ask you some quick hitters. Okay, yeah, uh, give me some quickies. Uh, favorite NFL team? Well, <laughs> that's my, that might be longer than two hours. No shit. Uh, no, no uh, I'm a Washington Commanders fan. Okay. Um, but we've been terrible for so long that um, we have a thing with my buddies that we talk about this. And we, we said once a decade you can switch a team, but you can't switch from the previous record the, of the last year. You can only switch parallel or down. So I actually switched the Jets before they got brief. So I'm actually now a new Jets fan. So I'm pretty excited about it. Hmm. 
Now, now I guarantee since I switch teams, the commanders will be good. <laughs> that's no, what, sorry. that's what's going to happen. But that's the, uh, yeah. see, yeah. that's the hardest part about that role though. Cause like, you know, the commanders was the team that always kind of fluctuated. So, you know, well, you, who are you a fan of? Uh, I'm a fan of the Denver Broncos. I was more a player than yeah. team fan, but I picked Denver just because I was like the only stadium I visited. Yeah. And as far as NFL ones, oh, I visit the Cowboys now, but that was before then. Um, so we, you know, ha- didn't have a quarterback for a while right. and then sucked. And S- football season really sucks when your team is Same ass. problem with Washington. Yeah. I think we've had more starting quarterbacks in the last five years than any uh, NFL program. I want to say, yeah, didn't you have like five different starters? Yeah, it's been bad. Yeah. How do you feel about wins then? Uh, it's a huge improvement from where we've been. So I don't think it's a long term answer, but it's a huge improvement from where we've been. And uh, from all the reports that said that, that he's invested in, which is alarming that people say this, like like almost like he wasn't invested before this, but they said he's more invested in his success than ever before. So it's like, okay, okay well, well you also that's good. Have a shot yep. <laughs> like back right. against the wall at this point. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, that's uh, he's on his last. Yeah, I think that's a pretty powerful thing. Mm. Okay, right on, right on. Then let's <laughs> see. I'd ask you a little one one hitter wild question. How do you feel about the Zach Wilson thing? <laughs> and that that's little... wild, man. I know that's my team now. <laughs> yeah, my buddies were giving me crap about that. Uh, that is hilarious. Um, so he slept with his mother's or his girlfriend's. I thought it was his no. What, yeah, what is his it? Best friend's, friend's mom. Best friend's mom. Yeah, yeah. Which when I heard that yeah. story, I get. Like her trying to deflect the homie hopper title. That was the weirdest <laughs> deflect I've ever seen. Like that didn't help your friend at Good all. Good for him, man. I don't care. I, I don't care. It doesn't bother I, me at all. <laughs> I was like, shit. I just love how everybody like, I was like rooting for him now. And they say, oh, he got that dog in him. <laughs> I was like, okay, Zach. Uh, Zach a little wild. Um, let's see. What outside of the gym, what like do you do for work? Yeah, is it only the gym? Yeah, I know this is it. this is what I do full time for work. Yeah, okay, all right. Uh, I do have a lot of hobbies I do outside the gym, but that's about it. Okay, what are some of those hobbies? Uh, disc golf, uh, ride my bike, ride, ride, ride a lot of bikes. Um, going, I I try to take one week every month and going do something. Mm, so I like I that. go somewhere and do something, um, and it's usually some kind of a physical adventure. So this is my one week uh, mm. coming up Wednesday. So um, I like that a lot. Yeah, so plenty of hobbies. Yeah, I play PlayStation. I'm a sports gamer. I'm I'm, I'm not. I, I see. I call myself not a true gamer because I like the true gaming is like what you do. You know, like I'm like an EA. Like I'm an EA sports guy. Like like so I only play like Madden and then I play 2K. See, I wish Madden yeah. was better. Yeah, I dude, I agree. Yeah, and then I was a college football guy. So supposedly that's come being released here in 2023. That's gonna change my fucking life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was like the game growing up. Yeah, it, it, yeah, I'll play that year round. I yeah. just seen actually funny story is that I was watching on YouTube that there's a modded. Well, I guess it's really just the jerseys, but then it has the players from that time. But there's like a modern version, mat or modded version on the PC of I've like seen that. Yes. NCAA 06. 
Yeah, insane. So I was like, well, they did PlayStation 2. Like, I've seen the 14 version, which right. I think is sick. Yeah, but I was the like, they did, version is sick. they did 06 too. And I was like, wow. I was looking at that. I was like, wow. I, do I want to play the PS2 yeah. version yeah, of this? Yeah, cool. Like, it that's looked cool. fun. And I, that's why I was like, see, I'm into I that. that. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, I did that to me, like, that maybe that's not real gaming, you know, like, but. But whatever, I don't care. I, I like I'm into like dynasty mode. Yeah, that. that's yeah, super, yeah. to me. That's funner than playing like a person because right. I like building up the team. Yeah, and me, too. Like that me and too. Like doing all that stuff. For sure. I always thought that was sick. Yeah, and I, my only world regret and like the thing that pisses me off so so much is the year that NCAA football stopped. The playoffs came the next year after that. Yeah. So if we would have got one more year, we yeah, that's right. Playoffs. We would have been cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah been cool. that's right. Oh and man, that like, would have been oh sick. Oh my god! It was the O'Bannon, or it was who was it? It was O'Bannon brothers, Ed O'Bannon, that um they had the lawsuit. Mm. That's what stopped all the NCAA stuff. Well, that's that's what's so crazy to me is like how they would have like like. Tyron Matthew, they'd have a light skinned dude on LSU number yeah, seven. Yeah. yeah. But, oh, that's not him. Yeah, that's not him. It's like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> it's like, we know exactly who that Meanwhile, is. Meanwhile, that guy's making millions of dollars for the university and they're not, you know, he it's a billion dollar anything. business yeah. and they can't even yeah. get paid. And I mean, the I not, mean, now what do you think about the NIL stuff? Um, I'm, see, I'm weird in the sense of I'm a firm believer in getting paid. Like, so mm-hmm. if, if someone wanted to pay someone, yeah five million dollars for their feet picks then i say get the money i don't you know i don't know what the market is but i'm yeah. saying get the money you deserve and i feel yeah. like the markets whatever somebody will pay right that's the market right because yeah. i mean shit if someone you know want to write a six-figure check for this I'm yeah saying, absolutely yeah. that's the market so yeah. i i hate yeah. when people always say oh they don't deserve that money don't like lebron james just look at cleveland's economic value when lebron is in cleveland and like versus when he's left Bro. two times. It's like Insane. Cleveland's not even the same place. Insane. Like nobody Insane. cares. Nobody wants to see a game. No one wants to be there. Like Yeah, it, it's certainly changing college sports to the level of like we never thought we would see. Um, you know, what did Ohio State came out and said if you're gonna keep this roster, we need what what, what do you say, like thirteen million it might have been thirty million dollars to keep oh, wow. this current roster. Damn. So it's like like Iowa State lost our Tyrese Hunter, you know, in basketball mm-hmm. because uh we, we couldn't pay him enough. So he went to he went to Texas. He didn't care. He went to a rival just because. Hey, they're gonna pay they're more. Pay more. Yeah, I mean, and then also a lot good of for Tyrese Hunter, um, and good for making that money while you can. But it's like this is how it's changing our sports. It's Except, like you have to be able to raise some money. But I think it's also, I think it's weirder in basketball in the sense of they're able to play one year and leave. So True. to leave yeah. to get more money, I get this is probably yeah. the the peak of your interest and the peak of your highlight of sure. unless you go to the league and you become somebody in the league. Right. That's I'm, I'm saying people might make more money in college than they yeah. will at the next level. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah. It's like I think you know, like like you take an athlete that probably maybe has an outside shot at the NF in an NBA, but they made you know five hundred thousand dollars every year they were in college. Like, they're making more money in college. Let's stay for four years. I think you might see athletes staying for longer because they're getting paid more than they would at the next level. That is a possibility. So, and it I, also, I'm going to stay in college and play another year versus going to the G League versus going overseas because I'm going to get paid more here than I would at the G League or going overseas. And you might make more money in a sense of, like, if you go to the Pistons, sure. Pistons are going to suck. Yeah. So by the time within say that four year gap, other whether you stayed in college for four years or only played one year and then played in the NBA for sure. two years, I don't know what the rookie contracts are, but just say for this they're example, <laughs> they're like 
I mean, well, I'm yeah, saying yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, how yeah. long they are. So yeah. say for this example, they're for only sure. the three years. Yeah, yeah. It would make sense. You might make more money staying the four years yes. of college than you would playing for the Pistons yeah. that suck. Yeah. Sure, you could get a max yeah. deal if you're that guy, but yeah, if you're yeah, not. Yeah. If you're, but if you're not that guy, it would, may not make sense. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's it's 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 uh game changing. I don't I don't know how long that'll last, but it'll certainly be interesting for college athletics. I think I think so last as long as like if I think something's somebody's gonna have to step in and do something that's good. It it's gonna get out to the level of where it's like, okay, why do we even need the NCAA at all? Well, because like even now, like thinking like everybody thinks it's crazy or it could get crazy. I'd argue, maybe the most famous player right now that I'm trying to think of as far as college football is concerned is like maybe like Caleb Williams or Spencer Rattler. That's yeah. the first two that I think of, but. Man, if say NILs existed like just ten years ago, Johnny Manziel would have made way more money. Stupid like, money. Could you imagine what, how much Reggie Bush could have made Insane. or Vince Young? Like I'm thinking of those guys. Like, D- didn't Reggie Bush lose his Heisman, Heisman. because he gave a uh, signed jersey away? Something or, like some, that. Oh, yeah, something ridiculous. It's like that's that's like. But what I understand, you could do that every too, weekend now. And what I understand too is if he gave a signed jersey away for like say a couple hundred or whatever yeah. hours, yeah, whatever money, was, yeah, is like. Y'all didn't think that was an issue, but Reggie Bush's whole family moving down to California to be right next to him wasn't odd. I, yeah, I think that they players have always been getting paid. Now it's just in the public and mm-hmm. they're getting paid. Now they're and they won't get. In they're saying, "Hey, if you want me to come to Ohio, say here's how much money I need. Otherwise, I'm going over here for this amount of money." And you might yeah. as well get paid. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't blame players at all. I think it's. I think it's great. I, I think it's certainly interesting. Yeah. I also think it spreads the. The foundation of college football. Like, I don't think Alabama is going to be as strong as Alabama is because before yeah. you, you used it to get to the league. Now it's like I can now, go to this school and just get paid, and, and we still, can still be you've got a shot to make the league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at Iowa just landed just landed uh, Caden Proctor from the number one offensive tackle from mm-hmm. Southeast Polk, and they just and, got Xavier. And that was there. over. He had just got Xavier the year before, mm-hmm. so that was over Alabama. So. Because he's saying, I can still make the NFL, and I can stay in my home state and get paid. It's like, that's a win. And then not you know? to mention with something. And who knows if we too. don't have NIL, does he still make that same decision? I don't know. There's uh, a possibility. Yeah. yeah. There's a possibility. Sir, I, I think Iowa's produced enough pros to know mm-hmm. that. But the amount of first-round pros to the amount of first-round pros Iowa's have produced is way different. Yeah, people, The Iowa fans talk about that, and they say, well, you know, we've, we put a lot of people in the league. I'm like... If you compare all of Kirk Ferentz, just the first round production from Alabama alone beats all and less years than Kirk Ferentz has had of all their pros. Right. Like, so they produce more first round talent than you have entire pros. Like if you count all of it, Alabama's produces like three times to one pros that Iowa would. Uh, because if you yeah. like also just from like the logic and numbers thing, if I'm a top five recruit, if I look at Iowa okay, every year or every other year, they might put two or three guys in the league. I have to be the top two or three best players on this team to make it to the league. Alabama, I just got to be top ten, really. I mean, what, what was it What was it last year? Clemson put um, 19 players. One of the teams put 19 players in the league. I want to say Georgia had a lot. Georgia put too. 19. There's only 22 that fucking start. That's true. And they put 19 in it? That's true. Holy shit, man. That like, like how do you – and we're at Iowa State. We're like, man, we hope we just get one guy in the league. Hope we just get – like, how do we compete with teams like that? You you can't. Well, they're at another level. 
Yeah, they're they're way another level. But I think this helps recruiting for and sure. And also yeah. how everything's kind of merging together as far as like Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC and then USC. Dude, I don't even want to begin to predict what's gonna happen with the college realignment. There's so many scenarios. And I think Big Twelve is getting some teams too. Yeah, no, we They're we, not getting anyone got, yeah, big, no, but Yeah, no, but it was a good move. That was an early move. That was when we lost Texas and Oklahoma. We made a huge – I say we isn't because I'm an Iowa State fan and for Big 12, but we got uh, uh, UCF. UCF. Yep. We have uh, – um, who else is coming in? On uh, BYU. Is um, Boise or no? No, BYU. I and, thought it was like uh, one more. Yeah, it's four. I'm trying to think of the name of four right now. It's going to draw a blank. But we needed those four, and they were – oh, uh, Cincinnati. Okay, that was just playing. in the college football playoffs. That's true. You know? Um, and then I forget the fourth one. It's like, but but we needed those damn four. Like, so that puts us back to that dropped us from ten to eight when we lost the two. Now that puts us back to twelve. And I, I think the I think we'll find out what happens with the Pac twelve. But if we could add three or four more, then you could go to two divisions of eight, and that would be pretty interesting. You know? I feel like the best case scenario is to have the Power Five. Without a doubt, because yeah. I feel like if you just do it to where it's like four super conferences, it's going to be hard for someone, whoever that fifth team is, regardless of where they're from or whoever they play, they could be undefeated, and all the f- top four teams could have one right. loss. It's going to be hard to convince a committee to put that fifth team over the fourth team. You know, and then you got to expand impossible. the playoffs to like twelve teams. You know, and then you like the SEC gets like. Eight of those spots Spots or six of those spots, you know, like, I don't know. It's certainly going to be crazy, but uh, that's, I I love it, man. That's what makes it fun. College football is fun. Yeah, it's the best. I I like it because, like, you kind of get weary when it's like one loss versus no losses, where before, like before the playoffs, it was like, if you lose one game, it's over. Like you're not getting in, <laughs> yeah. See, and then I was, yeah. I was like, ah, I don't know. Yeah, but I, I like what I think the best way for everybody to keep money is if you expand it. I, me personally, I feel like six is the magic number because it gives incentivized to get the top two spots. You get a buy, which is important in college yeah. football. Yeah, and then you can have your power five, and then there's a one at large. I think. Keep the BCS Bowl series, but just make it where this is a semi-qualifier, this is a qualifier, this is the this and the third and the championship. Because it's like they want to get rid of bowl games. We don't really want to get rid of bowl games. We just want them to matter. That's it. Because the, exactly the right. Kraft Mac and Cheese yeah. Bowl, who yeah. gives a flying That's why players about. don't play, because they don't matter. They used to play back in the day, but now they don't matter. You know, uh, Nick Saban has a great quote about that. They asked him about, like, what do you think about so-and-so sitting out this game? He goes, he goes, we don't care about it. Why should they care about it? He goes, the the second we quit caring about it, he goes, the players quit caring about it. He goes, I don't blame them. Because the moment yeah. I tear my ACL. Yeah, I'm done. I can't I can't practice. No I, can't, I can't try to make the next level. Yeah. And all for what? Yeah. All for what? So then, I guess, are you excited for UCLA and USC to join the Big Ten? Yeah. <laughs> I think that'll be fun. They're talking about, like, uh, you know, I can't wait for them to come to Kinnick when it's in 90, you know, it's it's 10 degrees outside. It's like... They act like we play like 10 games a year in 10 degree weather. There might be one or two games where you're at sub zero. All the rest of the games are pretty goddamn warm. My you know? like they're going to be okay. They're going to be fine. They're still going to be fast as hell. They're still going to be all the things. So, like, I remember last time Iowa played USC, it didn't turn out so well. So, um, 
or they played uh, as let's say sorry they played a Pac-12 school it didn't turn out so well they played mm. remember the Stanford game like the yeah. bowl game where, where they had McCaffrey and McCaffrey mm-hmm. and he ran so all it's wild. like there's another level of speed that are going to be there that they're not used to because I want to say it was, I think it was like maybe two years ago yeah I think it was like a pandemic year that Iowa played USC I want to say in I don't San remember Diego. that one yeah and I think they won yeah they, they have and then they have beat you know, the mm. the Pac-12 plenty of times but. But it's going to bring, you know, people like, oh, they're not going to be able to come into these schools and, and the and the California's not going to be able to come to these schools and these cold schools and play well. They're, like, they're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be just fine. They're going to figure it yeah, out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what's your favorite stadium that you visit? S- favorite stadium? Mm-hmm. Um, so the last two years I went to every home and away Iowa State game. So I've, I've been to just about – I've been to literally every Big 12 stadium. Um, there's a lot of cool ones. Um, uh, th- there's cool stadiums and there's cool environments, you know. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma has a n- a top tier stadium, you know, and their environments like okay, like this is huge compared to even compared to Texas. It was big compared really? to Texas. Really? Um, um, well, there's a lot of things. Texas like Tech has a beautiful like fucking stadium. Um, hmm. they don't have the environment though, <laughs> you know, like they don't, uh, because they haven't had the results, but, uh, but if you could combine like a, like a K state environment with like a Texas tech stadium, like that would be cool. Perfect. Baylor. Like I went to Baylor last year when we lost a heartbreaker down there. Um, didn't you have to cross like that? Like, I guess, I don't even know what to describe yeah, it's it. It's like a little moat around there. Yep. Um, um, it's. I would say as far as tailgating goes, it's pretty weak compared to Iowa and Iowa State standards. Really? Yeah. Iowa and Iowa State, we tailgate, man. Yeah. Bring it. Oklahoma does a good job. Texas is really spread out. Baylor's kind of meh. K-State's kind of meh. Um, there's some schools, Texas Tech was non-existent. TCU was non-existent. Like, it's like, holy shit, man. Like, we do this pretty well in Ames. We do this pretty well in Iowa City. Um so if you can combine like the tailgate environment of like an Iowa school with like, uh, you know the like, like I would l- with the in, the stadium of like like a uh, Texas Tech and and then you put like the Oklahoma fan base together like that would be the <laughs> ultimate. You now you're probably getting into like like a Make big a SEC super, school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, right. I would like to go to an Ohio State and see what that's like. You know, I bet that is fun. Or, or remember that Michigan game this last year with with Ohio State Michigan? Yeah, I mean that was that looked lively. that was insane. The snow game, um, that's insane. I hundred and twenty thousand people filled to the brim and it was snowing out. Because you guys kind of go like kind of incognito in the sense of like you guys are just kind of like casually dressed. Are you guys on the Iowa State sideline usually when you watch a game too? Dude, I'm I sit as close as I can possibly sit. Yeah. I don't blame yeah, you. Yeah, I love I it, man. You. Yeah, I love going to football games. Yeah, they're they're super yep. fun. I, so is it weird? Like, do you feel like that banter? Because you know, football fans talk shit. Like, oh, bud. So I wait for that. That's so fun. <laughs> and you know, being an Iowa State fan, you don't have much. You don't have much ground to stand on. Like, like we've been terrible for so long. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, this last year having Brees and having a, you know, a, some really good players come back you know it was fun going into some of these stadiums and talking shit now it do- doesn't always turn out for me <laughs> but at the end of the day like that's fun like you get to a stadium you start chirping a little bit and people chirp back at you and you're bantering back and forth at the end of the day you're like you're you're buying each other a beer or something like you're <laughs> cool with it like like I, I love that you know like that that's fun man like uh, uh college sports 
I, I like I always say if we have a like any pro team in Iowa, like the whole state of Iowa would be behind it. Like we have some passionate sports fans in Iowa. That's know? why I always hate that. Like for whatever fucking reason, it seems like Iowa and Iowa State can never really both be good. Like it always no. seems like yeah. one of them will shoot themselves in the foot, right, and the other right, one's killing right. it, and then it's like vice versa. And it's like, man, I just like. I guess I lean more on Iowa than I do Iowa sure. State, but like I like them both and yeah. I want to see them both yeah, do yeah. well. So I always hate it when I always see like Iowa State like lose to Iowa and then they'll lose a heartbreaker I'm or gonna, like they're supposed to be good. I'm gonna be honest with you, I want to see Iowa lose every game they play. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. We do have those fans. Oh, man, it dude. is Iowa. I don't. I mean, I want to see them lose every freaking game they play. Well, because uh, I'm just but tired. They're, of- they're they're like always in the conversation. No matter what their roster is, no matter who they are, they're always in the conversation. It just drives me fucking nuts, you know? I swear to God, it's like Kirk Ferentz has the damn Buffalo Wild Wings button, and <laughs> yeah. he yeah. purposely goes 8-4 yeah. and four yeah. or, like, 9-3. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like, it's like, yo. He's oh. got a roster that should win four games, and they right, like eight, they might they lose, 8 or 9 with it. They yeah. lose one game that yep. they shouldn't lose Correct. early. Correct. They go on a fucking streak, and yep. like, yo, Iowa might be good. They're going to get ranked yeah, and they all lose, this shit. They lose to, they like, lose. A, a bad Northwestern, or they lose to, like, a really bad oh, Purdue. Oh, some dumb or, shit, yeah. like, 9-6. Yeah. to six. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, correct. What the fuck? Yeah, they win the most ugly ways, too, and you're like, god damn this team. And then they beat some team they shouldn't beat that's, like, top 10, Big 10, and you're like, what the like y'all do this on purpose. Like, yeah, it, I it, love it. Oh my god. Um, I feel like you would give me an interesting answer here. Uh, do you believe in any aliens or any other conspiracies? <laughs> uh, I mean, if you're gonna get behind a conspiracy theory, like 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 the aliens would be like a good one to get behind, right? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I I I feel like if there is something out there. They're not personally going to come see us. They're going to send a probe to come see us, mm. right? So, like, we're just seeing probes, mm. and I think we've already seen probes, but we're not seeing the actual aliens yet. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my theory behind that. Like, that's that's, and I don't know. Like, who knows? Who fucking knows? But it's hard to think that you know that new picture, that new telescope. It, it, it took a a picture, and that picture was equivalent of this part of the galaxy, and there was this part of the universe, and it has tons of galaxies that we didn't know about were in it and that picture is the equivalent to one grain of sand Santa, of the whole yeah. universe you're just yeah. like okay there's something else out there man I, <laughs> we're so fucking tiny and just like we're sending a probe out they're already sending probes out right you know so because i'm also thinking i'm also a firm believer like like especially when i talk to people in iowa about it i'm like you gotta be out your rabbit ass mind <laughs> to think that aliens would come to iowa for whatever the fuck right, right, right like it just goes right. pop up here i'm like right. yo there's so much different shit in the world, and that's important right. than just little over yeah, here. Yeah, I think you get a cosmic perspective of how little we are and, and all this stuff. You know, it's like, it's like, man, like, there's got to be something else out there. And then I got uh, two quick hitters and then a yeah. one to end on. Is there any gym pet peeves, or have you had any, like, nightmare experiences in the gym? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, not much rattles me anymore with like gym pet peeves. Like we have people that like there's certain things that like like just piss them off all the time. Like I'm I'm like I see stuff and I'm just like, all right, bro. Like like let's learn. Like yeah, so there's some things like uh, there's some weird things. Like here's the normal ones. Like uh, put your shit away, right? Right. Yeah. Like that's gonna be like I'm sure at the restaurant people are like messy and like put their, don't put their shit away. Like mm-hmm. it's gonna happen when you get a group of people. People won't put their shit away. Um. People not treating the bathroom with respect, right? Know? Like just, just like, like, 
hey, the toilet paper is empty or, hey, the trash needs taken out. They're just going to pile one more piece on it before somebody would take it out. Like, mm-hmm. there's not a cleaning staff here, dude. I'm the cleaning staff. I was like, fuck you. Like, so it's like like stuff like that. Um, not putting yourself away is huge. But then there's some small ones like um, um, like not getting in somebody's line of vision when they're squatting or deadlifting. Like, that's like like a social cue that, like, it's probably unique to powerlifting. Like, when somebody, I'm not going to stand right in front of them when they're squatting. I'm mm-hmm. going to stand off to the side. Right. Yeah. So it's like some, you see new people walk in and they'll be like watching somebody and they're standing like four feet right in front of them. <laughs> it's kind of awkward. Like, yeah, yeah. Like scoot the hell over, man. Get out mm-hmm. of the way. Yeah. So it's like stuff like that. Oh. One gym one I got that I know is this vivid. And I fear this person, I don't mean no disrespect. Yeah. But if you take it that way, you know what I'm saying? That's your approach. Sure. I hate the motherfucker that's like, <laughs> you're in the gym, you kind of buy the area you buy. And they're over here doing curls, doing pull-ups, <laughs> doing something else. Like, they're yeah. all bouncing around in three different areas. Right. And you almost, like, it was like say you got to go over to the, the like the dumbbell rack. And you're like, man, I don't even know where to get in at. Because right, right. you on everything. Like, ah, damn, right. bro. And you just, like, you do that awkward exchange where you're like, yo, <laughs> yeah. I get yeah. it? You're like, you ain't using this, right? Like, it's just like, ah, damn, I hate yeah, that. that for sure. That's, a that's like, one of the pet peeves that I have. But really, other than that, I don't really have i mean the dude the gym the like the list of gym etiquette goes on forever Mm -hmm. like like there's so much shit like if i really wanted to do i could go out this door and get pissed about 10 things now i'm just like i don't care anymore man like (laughs) whatever do you do you i've seen it all too yeah (laughs) i guess also i hate the guy i'm I'm around it every day so i'm just like i don't care anymore yeah that's cool that's very valid Also, the guy that like if I'm I'm just the guy walking around picking up shit all the time though. Fair, yeah. I mean, and like people are like I'm still using that. I'm like, okay, sorry. I'm like I didn't know it was just chilling yeah. here. <laughs> I I hate when I'm like doing a workout. Like if we I catch someone doing my workout and then they end up doing more weight than me. So I'm like, oh, you trying to <laughs> trying to call me a bitch right now? Why I go <laughs> like I'm like God damn. Like there's been sometimes where like I'll be curling like 30s and I feel like 30s is pretty yeah. it's for good form and just holding up. I'm like, all right, I'm proud of me. Go me. See motherfucker come up with fifties. Just I'm like, oh, all right. I feel like some it. of that is related to commercial gyms versus like fair, yeah, a training yeah. Facility. That, yeah. I would say, yeah, it, they're different because I've been in a commercial gym environment. Mm-hmm. I manage in a commercial gym environment. It, dude, the pet peeves are way different in there than mm-hmm. they are here. So, um, what about nightmares? Like, you had any bad experiences in the gym where you're like, That's a damn good question. Um, in the gym, mm-hmm. oh man, yeah, yeah. I mean, anytime you deal with a group of people, you're dealing with personalities mm-hmm. and then you're dealing with drama and then you're dealing with like, you're like, how do we get wrapped up in all this stuff? So it's, yeah, there's always stuff like that. Um, we haven't had stuff like that for a while. That's good. Uh, but yeah, the, yeah, you got to deal with that. Like that's, you do that long enough, something's going to come mm-hmm. up. And it's so weird yeah. that it's almost impossible to have every single person on every get along. single. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to have it. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure if you looked at your job, like at the restaurant and how many employees are there, like I'm sure there's beef with their certain mm-hmm. people, certain managers hate certain people mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, dude, well, at some point you just, you just quit giving it energy, you know? And then I almost, but I, I always have respect for the person. If I know who you are. And I know how to deal with it. I hate sure. the motherfuckers. This is, hey, Brian, that was all good. And then the moment they just slept, yeah. you're like, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah. You was just fine a second right, ago. Right. And yeah. I hate those Be consistent with Yeah, like, yeah. if you're, you're an asshole, asshole, be an asshole. Yeah, yeah, exactly. absolutely. Yeah, I get it. I am that yeah, for sure. Tea. Uh, I would say gym nightmares that I've had. Uh, definitely when, like, the person, 
like trying to push yourself with a friend or whatever, and I like texting, and I'm like, I, I, I think I got this weight, but you better like <laughs> not paying attention. That's a nightmare. Or like the weakest part of my body is my legs, and I know when my legs go out and they feel like they're just completely weak. It's my stomach, and I know I'm about to throw up. I don't know why, but like if my legs feel like just noodle legs and I just feel super, super weak, I'm talking to the point where it's like, oh, this is bad. Like, yeah, we've had some colossal like failures as far as like w- people not getting weight, spotters not doing the right oh things, weights falling off the end of the bars. Oh like, there's, I mean, there's, you do this long enough, and you have enough people come through the doors, like some nutty shit's gonna happen. You and know? that's why, like, yeah. when someone asks me for a spot, I always ask, like, what I want. Like, do you want me to touch the bar and like, right, give you right. assistance? Do you want me to just put my hands there? For yeah, the spotting is an art, like, man. Like, yeah, like yeah. let me. What do you want? That's and a skill for sure. That's why. That's why I hate. Some, like, I, I'll do it because I'd rather like someone <laughs> not kill themselves sure. by my watch. But I also hate it in the sense of like, I like. Oh, can you spot me? I'm like, fuck. I'm like, yeah, I got you. But I'm like, oh, all right, I don't know how they want me to do it. Stuff like that. Sure. Most people, like, I barely put, like, any pressure, like, that kind of pressure on the bar. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you got it. And I'm like, for sure. That's that's just pretty much how I do it. And then, uh, Wes, I would say last question for you is how do you would you like to be remembered? Mm. I mean, isn't that the ultimate question right there? Like, right. Like, that's the, that's the one, like, um, uh you know, I I don't know. I don't, uh, and I say I don't know because um, I guess I'm scared of answering it wrong. But there is no wrong answer to it. It would mm-hmm. be uh, of uh, of love, like to mm. be remembered of, like, um, and of, I would I would say if anything, it would be like the most ultimate feeling in my mind is is love, um, self love, outwardly love, uh, like like if somebody could look back and be like, man, that you know that. He inspired me to love myself more. He inspired me. He really loved him. He really cared enough about himself to do all the things that he wanted to do. Or he inspired me to do those things. Like, I would say that would be how I would want to be remembered. Yeah. I think that's very valid in a sense. Because a lot of people, I can't tell you how many people I've seen just hit the whole, oh, like, like, I regret not saying this to that person or doing this. And it seems Mm -hmm. like if you have a lot of love and people know that and people express that to you, that it's like kind of how I said earlier, like you're at a peace. Like I feel like a lot of people are going to, at least from what I experienced today, just talking to you, getting to know you, they're going to experience the good memories and know where you stood on a lot of things versus having that doubt of, I wish I would have talked to him more. I wish you would have said something. I wish Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like they're not going to get that because you're a person that like, holds that out and like when you talk is like you're speaking i think you're in a sense like i see that in myself of i speak passionately always because i don't fucking speak i don't fucking speak like i don't talk about shit i do not care about i really don't and so that's what that's the same thing i would want to do and just put that out there in the universe and i think that was beautifully put um, you've been a great guest. I I don't even know if I can call you a guest. I want to yeah, say you've been more me. of a just the motivational speaker at this point. But I, I loved every minute of it. Uh, I think this was probably the easiest podcast I had to do because I, I barely Good. talked. I felt like I was just listening to a seminar. So that was shit. It was cool. But is there anything <laughs> that you want to promote? Shout out? Uh, yeah, I mean, come Twenty Second Street Barbell, like yeah, or don't. It, it doesn't matter. 
Uh, we don't. <laughs> uh, you, you can find us on all the social media platforms. Twenty uh, Second Street Barbell, two two Barbell dot com. Um, but uh, we have a free trial, one week free trial. Come check Definitely out our gym. It. Come lift. Um, be a part of the family. Come in and do your thing. Put your headset on. Not talk to anybody. It doesn't matter. Do whatever. Just do you. So um, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, this was one of my favorite episodes. I'm definitely going to go back Thanks, and listen man. to this for uh, motivation and things of that nature. I will definitely have this uploaded today. Um, the YouTube, YouTube take me a little while. Like, I, I'm still trying yeah. to do everything and, you know, figure some stuff out. But uh, I will get this uh, uploaded. And uh, like I said, thanks again, Wes. I appreciate you. And until next time, guys. Bye.